0: hello everyone and welcome to episode 252 of at odds with wrestling joe and adam here adam hello how are you i'm
1: doing good joe i've been sweating away in my toy room the last two days the great purge of 2023 is occurring
0: yes uh again i'll throw this out here uh there's a discord link available i don't know if you've put a discord link on the at odds patreon I did when we first launched the Patreon, but I feel
1: like it might have been one of those notoriously expired links. Mm,
0: yes. And I checked with our tech guy, and he <laughs> told me there's a way that you can make a link that doesn't last only for seven days. So you may want to update that. Yeah. No, I definitely will. Okay. Um, but yes, I saw you putting pictures of stuff up. Um, nothing I want. So toys are going. Funko Pops are going. Yeah, I now, mean, I, they're not going going but like i always do like a funko purge
1: like as i run out of space and yeah. i'm at that point and I'll, I'll tell you man the like the wrestling figures especially when i decided i wasn't going to be a completist with ultimates right i was like i, I don't need three versions of one character like i don't need a jeff hardy ultimate you know like I, i'm like let's just keep the the top guys and i I, at this point, I've only skimmed, like, very little off the pile, but I've got a couple sales done already on eBay and a couple here and there, you know. Got to
0: out with the old and in with the new. Well, I remember from a while ago uh, when you were posting them up on Twitter, is there, was there, is there going to be a purge of um, CGC books? Um, I have sold a couple on eBay
1: already. But nothing key like, you know, I I, I say there. I always say that, like, if if the notice comes from the mortgage company that I need to, like, come up with money and or the house is going like I have books that I can move that are like big ticket items. But like over the last couple of weeks, I've just been like, oh, I don't really need this. This one's 50 bucks. This one's 100 bucks. So I have been like I've sold maybe 10 CGC books since I did my list on Twitter a couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago. Right and uh you know it's just mostly the clear space and keep me from having to get an honest living you know but uh it's mostly just the wrestling figures man because i could not walk through my toy room like i couldn't even do the razor ramon scott hall walk sideways uh it was because i was just getting stuff and i was just opening the door putting them on the floor and be like oh i'll sort that later but there was no place to put it so uh i'm like i just got to get rid of stuff and i'm Like I said, I'm moving through some of the more in-demand stuff on eBay and in the major group, but it's going to come to the point where I'm just going to have to, like, take it to, like, Pandora's box and be like, here you go, bend me over, just give me what you'll give me for it, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. Obviously, the wrestling figures are one thing. Um, if there's any comic book stuff in there, you know, you always take it to Dave first, see what he gives you, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah. Dave is my go to for Funko's. I, I texted him earlier today from Comics on the Green. I was like, uh, getting ready for a purge. You interested? He's like, I'll send me a picture. He's usually good with that stuff. Um, the hard thing is wrestling figures around here because yeah. our local toy store, like the vintage toy store in Dixon City, his, like, it's a great store. It's a fine store. They have lots and lots of stuff there. But they have a very tiny wrestling section. And their wrestling section is comprised mostly of him going to Walmart, buying every Elite that's on the shelf, and then mm. charging 30 bucks for it in-store. Uh-huh. And, and then, like, when I say, hey, I got all these wrestling figures, he says, oh, well, wrestling figures don't do well for me here. Well, that's because you're buying $20 figures and trying to charge 30 for them. You know, like, People are smart enough to not pay that for a brand new figure.
0: So I'm going to throw a wild idea out, okay? And this is just something that popped into my head. You tell me what you think, okay? Yeah. I don't, like, so the malls around here are dead. If not dead, they're dying, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it be the Steamtown Mall, which isn't even called the Steamtown Mall, Viewmont Mall, Wyoming Valley Mall. I don't know what the cost would be to do like a pop-up kiosk in the middle of the mall. But is is that even like a thing that you would consider like I'm going to do I'm going to get the kiosk. I don't know if they give you the kiosk. I don't know if they give you the space. I don't know if you're just like okay, I'm renting or leasing this little area here. I'm going to set up some tables and I'm going to sell the figures here. Is that even something that could possibly happen? Um,
1: I mean, I'm sure it's possible, but like you have to do the math as far as like, let's just say I'm going to use round numbers. Let's say I have a hundred a hundred figures worth a thousand dollars. I'm okay. just making up numbers there. If I was to buy the kiosk or rent the kiosk, I sell all 100 figures. I make a thousand dollars, but I spend $500 in rent and I work whatever costs me. It takes a hundred hours to sell it all. Okay. Or, or I just say here, random toy store. Here's a thousand dollars worth of figures for four hundred dollars, and then I don't have to work. You okay. know, it's they're just gone in one swoop, and it, it's a painful bath that you take on the sale. Right. But it's just you're just done. You know, and that's kind of what I'm leaning towards because I don't see them as an investment. I see it as I got the fun of buying them. I got the fun of throwing them on the shelf, and now that I'm done with them, I just want them gone, you know? So uh, the flip side would have been like somebody who doesn't buy or doesn't collect, but goes to the bars all the time or goes to the casino, and they have a good time spending money out for the night, and they have nothing to show for it. I spent my money on toys, and if I get rid of it, even if I'm getting back 30% of the value, I had my fun, and now I have a little bit of a rebate. OK, if any of that makes sense, you it know?
0: does make sense. I, I get where you're coming from. You know, I, I, I would regularly do that sort of thing pre pandemic with my comic books. Like once a year, I would go through stuff and try to pare down at least one long box worth of stuff
2: yeah. out
0: of the collection. And then, you know, the pandemic kind of put a, a, a halt on that. Um, two years ago, I was able or a year ago, rather, I was able to get rid of like three short boxes worth of stuff or for whatever it was, and then, you know, things just accumulate. And, like, comics is the thing that, you know, I have a couple figures. I have nowhere near you or DJ or Brad or any of the other um, folks that purchase toys like this. But this weekend, everything is up on the walls, That's you know, good. instead of just yeah. in a pile in the office. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we got to figure things out here the the office is going to need a major remodel here shortly but that's like like the fact that everything's up on the wall finally is like a big step.
1: Yeah. I wish I I have no wall space because my toy room is just floor to ceiling shelves yeah. On, yeah. on every every single wall. I might do it. I haven't it's been a long time since I've recorded or taking photos of my toy room. Maybe I'll do a video and release it on Patreon.
0: I you you have a YouTube channel. You put it up on the YouTube you put it up on the YouTube channel as an unlisted video. Yep. And then you put the link to it on the Patreon.
1: Yeah, I might do that. I mean, I got to turn the lights on, get some dustin' done, and I'll do that. So. There
0: you go. All right, <laughs> well, let's get to the main show. Enough of our trademark patented banner. <laughs> oh, I right. was just
1: going to ask you before you did that. I, oh. I, I see you were busy this past week without me and without Todd.
0: Oh, yes. Uh, so I recorded the... Uh, next edition of Conversations with J- with Joe, uh, young Ed and I sat down and chopped it up uh, for about two hours, and uh, the episode, I think, is releasing this Sunday, is that correct? Uh, the 30th, whatever day that is. That is Sunday. Yes, so Sunday. Uh, and that's July 30th, don't be yes. confused by Twitter. <laughs> um, Whoever... Our editor is needs to be fired. Yes. So, your social media guy, Tim Sterling, (laughs) needs to be fired. Um, So, Ed and I chopped it up. We talked about, you know, Chikar a little bit and then just everything else there. Um, And the way things kind of worked out was um, before Ed and I started recording, I reached out to the person who I wanted to have as the next guest, right? Whether and I had no idea what they were going to say. And I don't want to give away too, too much because I read, I sent them a text and I asked them about being on the podcast and then they replied to me and I read that text during the podcast, the, the Patreon show. Then I read their confirmation of agreement to do the show next month. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And I, I don't know. It, it's a, it's a wrestler. It's someone who is involved in uh, Chikara and ashes and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah.
1: Excellent. So yeah, Sunday, uh, at noon, the post is scheduled to go up on the Patreon, the $5 tier. So not only will you get to listen to quite possibly the longest podcast featuring Ed ever. Is it yeah. safe to say? Like, cause you know, Pod Van Dam is usually like a lean 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, Hayabuse is like maybe 28, you know, when they, they throw in some production. Uh, maybe, you know, when he's a guest star on other shows, they go longer, but you know, Ed's not the, not checked in the entire time. So th- this might be the longest, like Ed engagement in podcast history.
0: Yeah. And listen, I, 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 I love Ed to death. Um, oh, yeah. and I, And I know there's a lot of people that may not love Ed. Those people um, are assholes. And those people are assholes. That's correct. Um, But again, if you have any questions about Ed or if you want to just like see a little bit of like maybe the real Ed, uh, sign up for the Patreon. And if you don't want to see any of the real Ed, still give us your money.
1: Yeah. (laughs) If you hate Ed, which again, inconceivable. But if you hate Ed, nothing would spite him more and really rub it in his face if you were to subscribe to our patreon and just not download his episode like i'll show him i have access to it but i'm not gonna
0: listen to it yes that'll show him that'll show him now let's get into the podcast (laughs) and now Odds with wrestling presents this day in
1: wrestling history
0: All right, we are going chronologically, Uh, just because the way that it works sometimes is the way we're going to lay things out. So this day in wrestling history, 25 years ago, we have our head-to-head Monday Night Tro versus Monday Night Raw. Uh, Sadly, again, as I mentioned last week, none of the NWO late-night talk show thing that Bischoff was doing is on the network. And, and nobody,
1: nobody's reached out to you with any Kabuki ish clips. No, no. Mm.
0: I think because they're that bad, nobody wants them. Huh. Um, there was very little meat in the bone for this episode of Nitro. Now, this episode of Nitro actually had Goldberg's first ever Nitro like in ring promo in front of a live crowd. He had done pre tape stuff, you know, backstage, whatever. Um, but he he he's working after defeating Hulk Hogan. For the world title, uh, after not being on the next episode of Nitro, hmm. uh, this one, he lays out the challenge to defend the world title against Brian Adams.
1: <laughs> Top guy there. All right. 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 So prior to this, like, again, because it obviously it's fuzzy and you don't remember Goldberg promos. But aside from him grabbing the mic and saying you're next or whatever, he never actually had a promo like in front of the crowd before that. Correct. Wow. Okay.
0: And if you count him yelling, you're next as a promo, I guess then he's got hundreds of promos.
1: <laughs> sure. No, no, no. I get what you're saying.
0: Right. Extension. positive. Hide the negative. Right. Now, over on Monday Night Raw, it's the night after, fully loaded, uh, pay-per-view, you know, replacing the in-your-houses on the, on the schedule. But we've got a lot of stuff to build up toward SummerSlam, which is just a month or so away. Uh, You know, obviously, you've got your big top-of-the-card angle still with Austin and Undertaker and Mankind and Kane. Um, And then you have, you know, this is the the Attitude Era. Everybody's got something to do. Whether what they got to do is good or bad, everybody's doing something, right? Yeah. Um, This episode of Night... or this episode of Raw, rather, excuse me, features the only non-Brawl-for-All televised match of Brockus. Okay. Guy looked okay. like a million bucks.
1: I like Just based on the picture, I was a fan back in the day. Right. Plus, plus Brackus was the, the name of the, the, the main villain in Best of the Best 2, which is an amazing oh. movie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I doubt anyone in WWE knew that at the time.
2: Uh, maybe. I don't know.
0: Now, I will say, this, his, let's say WWE televised match. I think shortly after this, they ship him off to ECW to be part of Just Incredible's entourage.
1: Ah, uh, just incredible.
0: <coughs> yeah, you ain't kidding. Um, so we also get the debut of the Godfather bringing hoes to the ring. Oh, nice, Smoke Train. Right, Char- <laughs> Smoke Train Charles Wright. This is also the beginning of the Hawk uh, from the ro- from Road Warriors Legion of Doom is a drunk angle. Okay, again, a lot of moving pieces. Um, but we get two historic moments on this episode of Monday Night Raw. Now, four weeks leading up to this, Val Venus has been feuding with Kai and Ty. Spotlight on Val Venus! No, I don't have the music ready, Damn but it. yes. Uh, is, we're going to talk about this, we're going to play this moment, so Kurt's friend will listen to the show, right? Excellent. Hi, Kurt's friend. All right, so uh, this famous moment and famous line is uttered on this episode of Monday Night Raw.
2: The Val Venis! <laughs> listen! <laughs> Kai gonna challenge you next week! Huh? Val Venis, listen! After we win that match, I'll give you a big surprise to you!
0: What is he talking about? They have a chopping block back there.
2: <laughs> well, that's
0: a pretty subtle Aye. message. Choppy, choppy, y'all. Oh. Beep, beep. Ha, ha, ha. Well, that, that's not so subtle. <laughs> choppy, choppy, my. You heard it. <laughs> I, got I think he's going to try to pull Lorraine right above it.
1: It's so bad, and it's it's
0: it's definitely offensive by 2020 standards. talk for a but time still, match here next week. <laughs> and and this is a three-week angle that we get. You know that we get. You know we'll we'll review them on the following week's episodes, of course. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a it's a line that people still say to this day. I choppy, choppy, you pee-pee.
1: And and kind of related but unrelated when Kai and Tai you know were baby faces later on and they did the gimmick where they were dubbed over and then I think Funaki just said indeed yes that that also lives forever in my head don't cancel me but I find that very funny <laughs> <laughs> well
0: it was it was uh, sweet Brucey doing the voices so I think it's okay right all uh, right yeah he gets a pass all right now. Uh, I mentioned before we we get the first non-Brawl-For-All match of Brockus on this episode, but Brawl-For-All is still ongoing here, Adam. Thank Uh, God. All the first round matches are out of the way. Um, Now, this time, some people would say the odds-on favorite. Uh, Dr. Death, Steve Williams going into the second round is taking on, I don't know, some guy, Bart something or other. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm sure this is going to turn out well. Well, third round, I think third round, this is going to be it right here. Somebody win or lose right here is it. Bart Dunn may be behind unofficially, but he can win this thing here in the third round.
1: I got 20 oh. bucks on Bart.
0: Well, I'm that? Ready to oh, I'll, take I'll take that action. I'll get point five points for the most punches thrown. It's most punches landed. It up. And I think Dr. Locked. Death has landed it. the biggest One, bombs here. Two, Great. let him out. Let's go, guys. Keep it going. Those are those boring chants. Is really more really hits. Really left oh. there now that's Rangers not a takedown. It. Nope. That
3: was a... No, it's not oh, a takedown.
0: Wow. I don't think so. That is not a takedown. You got to control the oh athlete to get him down. Now uh, this can that's be thats a takedown. Yeah, that's a takedown. Five points. The hell knows the point Uh-oh. system okay. was there. You see, Dr. That's a little Dr. fucked Destiny up. Dr. That's knee right there. Yeah. Second, John. He tweaked his what knee. I think Dr. Death's knee is injured
4: to go that takedown like that oh big in the left They're throwing him. he's throwing up he's right hit the one down. in the middle oh he's gonna go down goes the Dr. Ben
2: the big left hand by Bart Garn caught the doctor yeah. he's out And that first
0: knockout here is your winner
3: Bodacious Barts
0: Bodacious Barts <gasps> Jesus Christ so, yeah, this is uh this is the moment, man. Like this, you know, we're talking about it now, but this is one of the most infamous moments in Attitude Era history.
1: Yeah. Now I'm thinking about it. I want a San Diego Comic-Con two pack next year of those two with the boxing <laughs> gloves.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, they, they talked about it. They did a whole Dark Side of the Ring uh, episode about this last season. Um, you know, it's still to this day a very touchy subject for Jim Ross. And, uh, yeah, like I said, it, it, it sucks. Um, you know, obviously they, they, whatever the plan was and like, you know, Bob Holly lies about it. And then the story comes out later that like Terry Funk kind of told everyone like, eh, I think Gun's going to win, you know? Yeah. And nobody believed him. And that this match was a curtain sellout because did we talk about it on here? We talked about it other places. I forget sometimes like the perception of Jim Ross right? Mm-hmm. Um, where, you know, at this point in 1998 and into 99 and even into 2000, you know, the internet is percolating and bubbling or whatever it is. Um, no, no, we were talking and again, we were talking about the Discord, right? Um, so Jim Ross, the on-screen character is, you know, whether he was the voice of WCW, NWA, the voice of Mid South professional wrestling, or the voice of this era of WWF. This is how we the fans looked at JR. But apparently, being part of talent relations, JR rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, right? Okay. Um and that's and a lot whether it was true or not, it was very well known that Dr. Death and Jim Ross were very good friends whether or not this was Jim Ross coming in and like, I'm going to take my buddy and push him down everyone's throat. And he's going to be like the next contender for Austin. Now, listen, in this era, Jim Ross had a pretty good track record of recommending guys to come into WWF, you know, Steve Austin, Mick Foley, people like that. So like, all right, Jim Ross got a good track record, but whether it be the boys or whether it be Russo and Ferrara, backstage, Jim Ross rubbed them the wrong way. So when Russo and Ferrara leave WWF a year and a half later, and they debut Ferrara as the Oklahoma character to fuck with Jim Ross, like, people are like, what are you doing? Like, this is the guy that everyone likes. You know, this is the voice of our wrestling. He's a good guy, right? What are you doing? And then Russo and Ferrara are like, oh, you don't know what a dick he was to us backstage. And that's right, we don't. And we shouldn't know. And, like, for you to take your personal grudge with someone, your coworker or your former coworker, and devote national television time, who's really the asshole?
1: Yeah. And we've, uh, again, back to the brawl for all, we've talked about this before, but obviously any kind of push for Bart Gunn was killed when they had, when Butterbean murdered him at WrestleMania, and you could argue that, well, a WrestleMania payday against, like, a household, well, borderline household name, I mean, that's a push, but if they had just pivoted to being like okay this guy's a legit badass now let's go back to worked matches he had a good look he was built like a million bucks you know, he was a good looking dude uh, you know they could have done something with them there you know
0: okay so that's a great point that you make here so this is july okay mm-hmm. of 98 and then it leads up to march or april or whatever year wrestlemania was in 99 okay So, Bart Gunn, and again, as I'm looking at this here, now, because they weren't doing anything with Bart Gunn around this time, Bart Gunn was pretty much, oh, hang on, I gotta get to 98, excuse me, I'm looking at 99, my apologies. I have his cage match up here, right?
1: Not because it's right, but because
0: it's easy? Yeah. Okay, so... Here's the brawl for all where he beats Doctor Death. Okay, mm-hmm. he wrestles a match on Shotgun. He wrestles a match on Sunday Night Heat. He wrestles another match on Raw. Well, that's he a brawl. Goes, for all. Right, a brawl for all match. He goes and wrestles for the NWA Tag Team titles on an ASW show in North Carolina.
1: All right. He the beats, Forbidden Door the Forbidden Door was open in 98.
0: He he beats Bradshaw in the Brawl for All finals the night after SummerSlam. So again, the next time Bart Gunn and then they send Bart Gunn in November to Japan. Bart Gunn does not wrestle after he wins the Brawl for All. He does, like, I know they do an angle with him on TV, but he does not wrestle another match on TV until that WrestleMania.
1: I wonder how he was received in Japan. You know, that was a little bit before my time of being a Japanese wrestling expert. Right. Because they had to, you know, obviously a smart fan base, a well You know, not uh, like they research stuff and they see that the brawl for all is, you know, more legitimate than the sports entertainment. So they respect tough guys. So I wonder
0: if he got a hero's welcome. He did. Um, He teamed with Johnny Ace. And I think that year he and Johnny Ace and somebody who is a more Japanese wrestling expert than you or I for this period. They won the tag league in all Japan that year. Okay. so he comes back. He does the brawl for all match. And then he goes back and pretty much finishes the rest of his career for like the next like two years in all Japan.
1: Mm. Yeah, that means because they they saw it as well. You got beat by Butterbean, so we can't convince people that you're tough anymore.
0: Right. But imagine if they did something in between him beating Bradshaw and him having the, uh, on TV. Um, imagine if they did anything with him. Right. Yeah. And like, you, you you can't say oh well we had nothing for you well it, it certainly seems like you had something for somebody you didn't just do, <laughs> do brawl for All on TV just for shits and giggles
1: yeah whatever your plan was for Steve Williams who nobody cared about put Bark Gunn in there even though nobody cares about him you know right anyway whatever yeah uh,
0: all right so also on this day in wrestling history uh 21 years ago. Yes, that's me, made of dust. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Uh, Ring of Honor held the event, crowning a champion from the Murphy Rec Center in lovely South Philadelphia. Um, I'll be honest with you, a mostly uh, forgettable show. Uh, the, the, The Texas Academy kids, Michael Shane, Paul London are still driving up for bookings. Um there's an AJ Styles versus Adam Jacobs versus a uh, De- uh, David Young uh, three-way match for the NWA X Division title. Okay. Uh but the main event in an Adam You Tell Your Tale of being in Matt Tremont's sweatbox <laughs> last summer to watch the Daniel Garcia Wheeler Utah Iron Man match, okay? Yeah. Uh, it goes an hour. I will put my experience being in the South Philly sweat box of the Murphy Rec Center in 2002 for the hour long Ironman match of low key versus Christopher Daniels versus Doug Williams versus Spanky. And the match has special rules because there's more than two people in this Ironman match. Every time you get a pinfall. You lose, you get. If you pin someone or submit them, you get two points. Okay. If you yourself are pinned or submitted, you lose one point. Okay. Okay. So, in the course of this match, Christopher Daniels pins Loki. Loki pins Doug Williams and Spanky. So, Loki ends up getting.
1: How three are or th-
0: he ends up with three points
1: three and then loses one
0: well he gets four loses one so he's at three christopher daniels gets two points low-key wins the title but christopher daniels pinned low-key so he has stakes and claims to be the first contender for low-key's title
1: that's not complicated
0: at all not at all yeah um this is a show that is sold pretty much on this one match it's a really good match um but ring of honor is still trying to figure itself out here on their i think fourth show ever so
1: yeah well let me ask you this as far as the uh the uh, jerry's television uh 100 versus this uh yeah. did that south philly arena have public bathrooms hmm or, I mean, bathrooms that the, the people in attendance could use. Yes. Yes, they did. All right. Well, that's already a better venue than the Tremont School. Did they have porta-potties outside? No. Your options were to know somebody like Kevin Ford did and ask to go back to the locker room or to just pee, like, out, like, behind somebody's car.
0: Hmm. So that was another one of my issues. Let's call it a push. All right, fair enough. Uh, So also on this day, 20 years ago, uh, World Wrestling Entertainment held their Vengeance pay-per-view. This was deep in the throes of the brand split. This was the first ever SmackDown-only pay-per-view. Okay. Uh, An interesting card. Um, I'm sure, like, if you watched the whole thing and you were following SmackDown at this point, you know, it would be a a fun time. But, like, you get a Brucey cameo in the APA Barroom Invitational Brawl.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: you get Cena's first, like, uh, touch to the main event as he gets to wrestle The Undertaker. Uh, you get Vince McMahon versus Zach, Zach Gowan, that they had to pivot because all the Mr. America stuff blew up on their face. Um, but uh, I was definitely during this time SmackDown was looked at as the work rate show. Yeah. And, you know, if and when we come up to one of the raw pay-per-views during this era, you'll definitely see why.
1: And this was when John Cena was doing the rapper gimmick, and he was, he was, uh, like, at, at like, Undertaker's grave in a cemetery and shit like that, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I didn't pull any of those clips, because they're, like, all really weirdly homophobic, and, like, yeah. even <laughs> I have a line, you know? <laughs>
1: Yeah, but I mean it was it was when John Cena was starting to show some personality, you know. He wasn't right, just it was a, a ruthless aggression guy.
0: Yeah, it was a different time. You can't judge I'm just not playing him, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but in happier news, Adam. Uh on this day 17 years ago, uh as I'm remembering, it's time for another installment of Paparazzi <gasps> Productions. Yes.
5: Two of the finest MPW Madagascar Pro Wrestling superstars in the entire world. Where are they at? Right over there. Let me introduce to you well, Super Blue Cross
0: number six and Samoan <laughs> Joe. Dude, they look like crackheads. They're the athletes, the likes of which you've never seen, my friend. Are you ready? Let's get this started, now Oh, that's it. Super Blue Cross number six at my side. Now watch this, Kevin, okay? <laughs>
1: Oh, I remember how this goes. This is so uh,
0: awesome. <laughs> I call this the Alex special number two. I learned it in Mexico.
1: It's
4: good stuff. Good stuff. Oh, got it? Yeah, I got it. Kevin, your turn. uh
1: uh-huh. okay, Just four arms up in the back.
4: Effective nonetheless. We'll work on that. Well, how about yeah, this one? Underneath the... Oh. All right. That... You know, that was uh, eerily similar to the last thing. Incoming! <laughs>
5: Oh, whoa. Well, that's, I mean, that's impressive, but I mean, I've been working on something with the trampoline into my pool at home, which's got three somersaults in it. Instead of one? Yeah. Are you whoa. sure? Yeah.
4: Watch this. Are you sure this is a good idea, man?
5: Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Hey, get that other little skinny dude down there in case I do need a little more cushion. Smully <laughs> Joe, down. <laughs> I don't right, know. Guys. Ready? Here we go. Incoming. <laughs> <laughs> Almost overshot that one, guys. Nice. I'll save my ass for you, buddy. Oh man. Oh, Except my intercoastal. How no look. Incredible.
1: <laughs> oh. So good. so good.
0: Oh, and again, that's a very visual one, but uh again, just to show that Kevin Nash isn't just all about his uh Four moves and including the hair flip, you know? Very impressive stuff by Big Kev.
1: Yeah, a triple moonsault, and it's a shame that the TNA camera just missed it, you know?
0: Well, he jumped over the camera. It's, you know, it happens when you have that sort of vertical. Yeah, they were shocked by how how much height he got. Yeah. Impressive. (laughs) Uh, But we're we're entering a prime era of the paparazzi production stuff, and I will be very sad uh, when they are done.
1: Yeah, I was uh, as I said many times right before I go to bed. I turn on my TV in my bedroom and uh, the the TNA channel, the Impact channel's on. And uh, I, I think last night or the night before, there was some weird like eight man X Division match, and it was the paparazzi production era of Alex Shelley. But yes. the commentator was mentioning Nash, but he didn't come out, and I was sad. <laughs> But it was like Saban, Shelly, Jay Lethal, Shark Boy. I forget who else was in it, but I think Sanjay Dutt. Possibly, yeah. 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 But I miss that era.
0: Yeah. Well, part of that era exists over on uh, AEW, right? Yeah, I guess. Everyone's a little different now. It's been 17 years or whatever the hell it is. All right, let's get into some discussion from this last week. Adam, where would you like to begin, my good man?
1: Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say right off the rip, I didn't watch a ton of US wrestling this week. I've been staying up all night watching the G1. I don't wanna go into a lot of depth on that. I don't wanna step on Brett and DJ's toes. But the first thing that kind of popped me this week, and this was spilling out of the ROH pay-per-view and into Dynamite, uh, you know, there was a little bit of involvement between the best friends in the Blackpool Combat Club at the pay-per-view. And then on Dynamite we got Orange Cassidy versus A.R. Fox, and after the match, obviously A.R. Fox doing his heel turn at that point, just kind of starting it. Uh, we got the payoff later on in the show, but you know Orange Cassidy gets you know knocked out or hit by A.R. Fox. You know we think okay we're going to commercial, and then holy shit, Orange Cassidy is getting jumped by John Moxley. And for a second there, I was like oh oh this this is cool and this is bad for OC, and then I was like we're going to get Orange Cassidy versus motherfucking John Moxley. And I am both super excited, but also terrified. And uh, like, I'm really excited for that. And it's just, it's awesome that when some of your favorites are working a program with each other, that's always cool. But it's also exciting that we're going to get to see, I don't want to say two different styles, but two different styles. And the fact that OC o- S- usually has the comedy wrestling and Moxley usually has the I'm going to kill you hardcore wrestling and we're going to see a different gear out of OC and I think it's going to be an amazing match when it happens and I hope it's just not just given away on a random rampage and I think we're going to have another one of those matches. I always look back at when OC had the uh, the world title opportunity oh, uh, against Kenny Omega and Pac, that freeway where it was just Orange Cassidy being like I'm going to show you how good of a goddamn wrestler I am. I think we're going to get that when we do get Orange Cassidy versus Mox. And I'm I'm looking forward to it. I also just hope that that's not the end of OC and his All Atlantic Mid Atlantic belt, you know?
0: Yeah, this is in my notes too. Um you know, I, I love OC. Um you never know where guys are going to end up after things and obviously after the feud with the Elite, it looks like they're kind of pushing the rest of the best friends kind of up to do something with the Blackpool Combat Club, and sure, you can kind of look at it as a lower-card program. Uh, Trent and Chuck are not on the level of... They might be eh, a little bit below the level of even Wheeler unit at this point, just by association, but the money matches either... Listen, we're going to get a we're going to get a multi-man match between these six guys. We're probably going to get an Orange Cassidy versus Claudio match on TV at some point, okay? Yeah. That's going to be badass. Oh, 100%. I wouldn't be surprised. And again, I know we 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 try to do, stay positive. We want to talk about the negatives in the world of professional wrestling from this last week. We could have been here all day into Friday or Saturday depending on what shirt you're wearing. Um <laughs>
1: Oh, and trust but, me, I'll get into the negatives on my next point.
0: All right. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Orange Cassidy versus John Moxley is the match for either the Wembley show. Um, And I forget which one is all in and all out. I forget which is which.
1: All uh, in is the Wembley because that's the, the returning show from pre-AEW.
0: Okay. So whether it be all in or all out, I wouldn't be surprised if we get OC against Moxley on that. You know, that's a big enough of a match and it's crazy that we live in a world and it's awesome that we live in a world that Orange Cassidy is at the same level uh as a John Moxley. And uh I got a big smile on my face as I'm talking about it, you know?
1: Yeah, no, it's awesome. And it's I said many times before, I'm not as invested because obviously you know Orange Cassidy and I'm just a mark. But like when AEW started not many years ago, what, like three years ago, Orange Cassidy wasn't getting televised entrances. You know, he was just a guy at ringside, sometimes in the crowd or in the back, the the bath back round of a, a, a best friend's promo, you know, and uh, the way that they have built him up and he's built himself up with this, like, what did they say, 27 defenses of the title? Uh, like super impressive and well-deserved. For sure. All right, what do you got?
0: Uh, well, like I said, I had that. Um, you know, you mentioned um, about Eddie doing great stuff over in Japan, uh, where they'd be having great matches, uh, going to the Ribera Steakhouse, uh, getting the Mark picture, picture with Kenta Kobashi, as I started to talk like Eddie a little bit there. <laughs> um, the fact that Eddie is getting a chance to live his best life for a month and a half um, before he has to come back to the United States... And I've seen some of the matches that they have scheduled for him at the end of August. Let's just say maybe the middle of September will turn around for Eddie. Holla. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, let's talk about Collision. Uh, my favorite part of Collision this past week was Christian. Uh, Christian coming out and cutting that promo on Punk. Being in the main event, teaming with Ricky Stocks. Um, Christian is one of the best legends that they signed um of any sort of whatever you want to come with wf cast off or whatever but every time christian is on tv he delivers uh i mentioned the promo when he comes out holding the tnt title and he chastises punk for claiming to be a champion of a belt he didn't even win it's a great bet <laughs> oh what a scumbag he's the best
1: yeah it- and obviously, there he posted that thirst trap last week. He looks like a billion dollars. You know, he's amazing on the mic, and it, it's funny. Like I was watching that match, and it's not in my notes, but it was a, it was a great segment. Other than the fact it just went on way too long, they shouldn't have given those guys a full like thirty minutes. That that was a little rough. Um But it's it's funny. Like, all of a sudden you have Darby being like, oh, my good friend CM Punk and putting his arm around him. I'm like, who is that benefiting? Because I think it hurts, like, Darby in that sense.
0: And and it the depends fact, on the crowd, I think.
1: Yeah. And I think, the, like, the, the like the crowd is definitely not behind CM Punk unless they're in Chicago. Like, I feel like everybody's turning against poor Phil. And I, I don't know what they're like. Is it like they're refusing to turn him heel because he doesn't want to? Or i just not willing to accept it. The crowd does not want to cheer CM Punk anymore. Um, so that kind of made it feel weird. But, like, yeah, Christian, when, like... I forget if it was... Like who said it, but they were like, "Oh, oh, well, I want the champion, the TNT champion," and Christian's like pointing at himself, and he looks over at uh, Luchasaurus, and he's like, "Oh, no, no, I mean you," and he's pointing at himself again. Uh, great stuff with him being like the the quote unquote champion, but the CM Punk stuff kind of weird. And I am a pill uh, a pill pill person, but like I'm just not getting what they're currently doing with him.
0: Yeah, listen, I, I had the vaccine for pill pills about 20 years ago. I'm good. Um, I listen, I I know what I I can see what's going on with CM Punk. I'm going to enjoy it along for the ride. I don't need to enjoy him or be a fan of him to have fun with all this. And just as a side note, you mentioned the Christian thirst trap. If you're not if you're not aware of this Uh, about a week ago, Christian posted a self uh, picture of himself all jacked and tanned and unshaved. Hang on, let me slow down. Uh, He says, I wrestle in a turtleneck because I put wrestlers half my age to shame, 49 and in my prime, right? Yeah. Uh, As the caveat to that, I don't know if you saw Xavier Woods reply to that.
1: No, I didn't. I haven't (laughs) been on Twitter in like two weeks.
0: Oh, you're missing out, man. Uh, I wouldn't know, you're shadow banned. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Xavier Wood says, and as a wise Canadian veteran once told me, let me know when those abs start making you money, kid.
4: Because
0: oh. <laughs> <laughs> that is absolutely something that Christian and again, I'll throw this out here. And again, uh, I'm going to make a plea to people uh, for lost media. Right. I'm a I'm a lost media fan. I catalog a lot of stuff and sometimes things slip through my purview because you don't realize what you got at the time. Right. Mm. Uh, if you, as a listener of this show, by some chance, have any of the audio files of the old Edge and Christian podcast laying around, let's talk, pal, because, uh, those have been scrubby-dub-dubbed from the internet. You cannot find them anywhere. Oh, really? Oh, yeah.
1: Hmm. I, any particular reason why, or just...
0: Ah, no clue.
1: Because I feel like... Were they owned by WWE? Were the podcasts
0: owned by WWE? No, I think it was like a podcast one deal. Um, I know the Edge and Christian show that they did is still on the network, but that's not the same as the podcast, of course. Yeah. Um, Because the podcast was, uh, things got a little raw, you know, because I think either one was under WWE contract at the time and one wasn't when it came to Edge and Christian. And because it used to like drop on like a Friday, I don't think anyone at WWE listened to it. And then I think once the negotiations started to come of Edge going back to WWE as a full-time in-ring competitor, uh, they did the tweet delete on the podcast and scrubbed them.
1: Yeah, that, I mean, that I can get it if it was, like, pressured from either the office or if they were just worried that they said something that can get them in trouble. But if that wasn't the case, like, why not leave those up there and just get that ad revenue, you know? Because people are going to go back and listen to it, but... That's interesting. I didn't know it was scrubbed.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: All right. But yeah, Christian Goodplace. I'm really enjoying this. I think he's got this. He's a young upstart. He's got a a bright future in this business.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, I'm going to stick with Collision uh, because uh, I've said many times before, I am not a collider. uh, So I I do look at the show with a more critical eye than a lot of our audience. But again, not to put over Brett and DJ again, but for, for months now, they have been championing championing the burial of One Tie of Valkyrie and I've always been like I don't have a horse in this race you know she doesn't do anything for me but she's not objectionable or anything like that you know she uh beat a bunch of people then lost to Jade Cargill and now she's going after the 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 you know Britt Baker or whatever I don't care about any of that Joe. You know, but what I do care about is the fact that they had this nobody in Taya Valkyrie defeats sky blue on her. It's unacceptable. You're going to bring in this person who's never done anything anywhere. Who's never drawn a dime. Whose figures, whose one figure ever made sold for two 99 on ringsides clearance sale for last Christmas. And you're going to have her beat the person that I'm going to go right on right now, Joe, I am making a declaration and saying with Tay Conti out of action, Sky Blue is the face of women's wrestling. The face, the face, and you're gonna have Ty Valkyrie beat the face of women's wrestling. Unacceptable, unbelievable! I am fully in the camp of Brett and DJ. Get Ty Valkyrie off of my screen. This, it's, it's I was mad. I almost shut off the show. Luckily, I stuck around so I can see Christian later. But
0: uh, I was big mad. That's all you got to say about Ty Valkyrie, huh?
1: I do. Well, I, I can go on and on. I mean, I don't, I don't want you to play the
0: jingle, though. It's okay. All right. I'm not going to play the jingle. Um, let's just say she had a rough week. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, well, Adam is the last thing I got, and it's maybe the most important thing on the show. And if they're an on screen active competitor in the world wrestling entertainment, I would be remiss not to talk about.
2: All
0: right. I should have a lower version of this so I could talk over it the whole time. But again, another banner week in the career of a young <clears throat> LA Knight. <laughs> um, he, granted, he did not come out on the winner's end um, of the uh, match uh, to go on to see who's going to take on Austin Theory at SummerSlam. I think that's maybe for the best. Who did he um, wrestle?
1: I didn't watch any WWE this It, it was
0: a. F- Four-person Eliminator with um, Cameron Grimes, LA Knight, Sheamus, and Rey Mysterio. Uh, Rey Mysterio won, and then Rey Mysterio is taking on Santos Escobar on SmackDown this week. To, and the winner of that is going to get the match with Austin Theory at SummerSlam, right?
1: Okay. Now,
0: um, again, it stinks. And the groundswell of social media fandom of LA Knight has just been growing and growing and growing. And I will admit here on this podcast, it has even surpassed me, right? (laughs) There are people who are much more obsessed with the L.A. Night stuff than I will ever be, right? And I How is that possible? Listen, go on Twitter, go on any social media platform, right? I know a couple of weeks ago I was comparing numbers and YouTube segments and, you know, their views... But the problem is, is now that there's this light being shown on what LA Knight is doing and the fandom is starting to grow and swell behind him, you need to be careful of misinformation. There was a story that was going around this week, and listen, I bid on it at first, right, that they said that currently on World Wrestling Entertainment, the top four of the top five selling shirts on wwshop.com or ShopZone or whatever the hell it's called, right? were the L.A. Night shirts, okay? And that number one was the Cody Rhodes shirt. That's a great story, okay? I don't know if I believe it. I like L.A. Night a lot, but are you telling me there ain't, like, one Legend shirt that's stuck into that top five? Are you telling me that there's not a... Does he
1: even have more than two shirts?
0: He does, actually. So, uh, there's the original L.A. Night shirt, right? Then there's the new L.A. Night shirt that comes. Okay, so there was the original one that comes in either red, black, or blue, right? Mm -hmm. That just says L.A. Night on it. Then there's, and those kind of, that's three different shirts because it's three different colors. Then there's the one that kind of is made to look like the old 90s t-shirts where it has him on it doing a pose and it says L.A. Night. Then there's the one that says, yeah, and that comes in either yellow or red. So he technically has six shirts on WBShop.com. Gotcha. Um, so are you, okay, I'll, I'll give you Cody's number one, right? Cody's got more than one shirt. Are you telling me there's not a Roman Reigns shirt that's in that top five?
1: Sammy, Kevin uh, Owens, uh, Usos. one shirt. Yeah.
0: Uh, You know, an Usos shirt, a Sammy or Kevin shirt or something like that. Or even like, like I said, a legend shirt. So yeah, I don't buy it i'd love- believe me I'd love to buy it i would love to believe that this is a true story, but I think because he's getting what he is the attention that he is you're going to- like and there was so there was another story that went around that the headline just read l a knight being de pushed because He doesn't play politics the right way. He rubbed people wrong backstage and so on and so forth. And there's news sites that are putting that out as a story today. And that's the headline. And if you read the story, it's them recounting his previous stint in WWE, specifically NXT, and why he was let go from there.
1: Yeah, they're they're reading into a current storyline result, basing it on like past things, you know?
0: Right. And if you, and again, if you're an LA Knight, if you're, if you're drinking the LA quill like me, right, cl- click the links, read the full story. Let's not work ourselves into a shoot. I'm already there. Mm-hmm. Let's not work ourselves into another shoot. Now they've said LA Knight's got a segment scheduled for SmackDown this week where he's going to announce his intentions, his plans, or whatever it is that he's going to be doing at SummerSlam. As much as I am invested in L.A. Night, I'm not invested enough the same way that I would be with an Eddie Kingston or sure. an Orange Cassidy or an Ethan Page or somebody like that, right? Yeah, cuz
1: it's like this this alien I thing started as a bit and it became enjoyable.
0: You know, it's there you uh, go
1: ver- versus like people that you legitimately like are friends with, you know?
0: Yeah, and I brought a lot of people along with us and then I saw the the movement become a much bigger thing and you know, obviously the same kind of holds true for Eddie and OC and stuff like that, but um you know, but know, those aren't with a wink. You know, LA Night was kind of with a wink. Yeah, at, but at I'm, I'm on first. board. I'm a sure I'm a fan, first. but yeah. you know, it's not the same. It's a little yeah. different, and I'm not. I I want you to so, and I also want you to know that I'm not walking anything back. I'm still a fan. I'm still gonna yeah. I'm still gonna retweet the stuff Friday night. I'm gonna push all the clips and everything else like that out, but. I'm not get I don't want to work myself up that like, oh, this big great thing is going to happen and he's going to come out and announce that he's the host of SummerSlam. Right. Oh, yeah. You, you know what I mean? Because I think what, no matter what he does, as long as he's actually on SummerSlam, whether it be a match or a promo or he's throughout the card or whatever it is, that's great. I can't be upset if it's just the host Or I can't be upset of, like, well, he comes out and then, like, the Undertaker returns and the Undertaker squatches them again, right? Yeah. Um, I just gotta take it at face value, let it play out, hope for the best, and hope eventually we get to that point where we get that one big moment, title win, big match, you know? Uh, Logan Paul was on something this week doing an interview somewhere, and he spent a lot less time promoting his match at Ricochet and a lot more time promoting LA night. So again, you know, it's things are coming, but let's, let's be patient. How about that? Let's be patient.
1: Yeah. Uh, and it's just kind of off topic, but it, you mentioned LA Knight wrestling in that four way match against like Ray Mysterio and somebody else. And, uh, but, uh, God damn Cameron Grimes, like, I obviously I don't watch WWE programming anymore, but I saw the fact that they brought back Cameron Grimes in the last like month or so. I think during the draft, and he's just like a guy. How amazing! And this is going to be just one of those like, oh, do you remember when? Like, how amazing was it when you had Cameron Grimes as the the GameStop billionaire versus the Megan, uh, the million dollar megastar over the million dollar belt in NXT? Like, remember when like you cared about something that happened on NXT and like both of those guys were over and then they just didn't like drop it off the face of the earth. Like very nostalgic for that right now.
0: Well, his, his uh, debut feud on SmackDown was against Baron Corbin and he did send Baron Corbin back to uh, NXT. So, you know, it all, it's all cyclical, right? Yeah, but like
1: he does, he doesn't even have like the hat anymore, like the long beard, and he's not rich, and like he doesn't say to the moon anymore. Yeah, so they just uh, stripped him down. He's just a dude. He's basically what he was in Impact or Global Force uh-huh. when he was teaming with Myers.
0: Uh, so I just want to I just want to throw this out here uh, real quick. Um, so the Edge and Christian pod of awesomeness um the last episode was for, was from September of 2019 and then the feed went inactive on January 19th 2020 which if i'm not mistaken was a week before edge made his return at the royal rumble okay um so what however it was whoever they had their feed through Um, like you could go and find the podcast on any podcatcher, run the RSS feed through anything, but it doesn't work anymore.
1: Gotcha. So all those things that you have on the screen, you can't hit play on those?
0: Nope. Nah, it's a shame. Just so you know, just because I know someone's going to be like, oh, here it is. I found it. It's a dead feed. Got it. All
1: right. Well, do you have anything else, Joe?
0: No, that's my last thing. All right. You watch Dark Side of the Ring? I did watch Dark Side of the Ring. This one about Bam Bam Bigelow. Um, You know, obviously getting into his rise. And I like that they spent a lot of time on his early days, his pre-WWF days, um, before he got into wrestling, that sort of thing. Because I think people might have known that a little bit. Um, But it's been, you know, however long it is, like 35 years, right? Mm -hmm. So unless you were an AfterMag reader or a Dirt Sheet reader in the late 80s, you may not remember or know a lot of that stuff. And, you know, as a kid growing up, this is a guy who appeared out of nowhere on WFTV. I I wasn't familiar with Memphis or anything else like that. And he shows up in summer of 87 and he's a huge deal. And then he makes it to WrestleMania four in 88. And then he's pretty much done. So he has a less than year run in that initial run with WWF, and he gets an action figure. He gets in the video game. Um, So there was big plans, and they kind of intimate there. He runs a follow of Andre, and then, you know, his career is kind of really never the same after that. Mm Mm-hmm. I I will just say
1: I liked the episode. Like, was I entertained watching it 100%? And did I learn a lot of things? Because you mentioned, like, oh, if you weren't an after-mag reader in, like, the early 80s or late 80s or whatever. uh, Like, I didn't know about his history as a bounty hunter and going to Mexico to get a girl that was kidnapped. Or I didn't realize that his cup of coffee in the WWF was so brief. Like, I just thought he was around forever, you know? Right. I forget all the time that, you know... He left as you said after WrestleMania 4 and then went to Japan. Like I always just imagine his match with Lawrence Taylor at WrestleMania as being like the culmination of this long 12-year run in WWF and like things like this remind me of that that it's that that's not true. But here's my criticism for this show, this episode, and this has been my criticism for many episodes this season is this is less like the traditional dark side of the ring format. And it's more VH one behind the music because it keeps being like, here's a wrestler. Here's a little bit of their, their origin. Here's how they rose to fame. Here's how they fell back. And like, there isn't that one big, I don't want to say scandal or incident or whatever to, to kind of base the show on. These are, these are A&E biographies, but instead of it being about, like, Stone Cold or, or Mr. Hitman, it's about the people that might have had a little bit more of a tragic story. And that's fine. It's just, you know, I, I, that's not what I want from Dark Side of the Ring. I want, like, a story told about, like, something that happened in wrestling, not here's just a very quick, glossed-over life story of a wrestler who, who died too soon or got hurt too soon.
0: Okay, I get you. Um, I think maybe okay. Um,
1: because it's like we got Junkyard Dog, which was pretty much the same thing. You know, like here's a wrestler that rose to you know astronomical heights, got a drug problem, fell down low, and died. You know, and I don't, I'm not trying to diminish it, but it's the same exact story. And it's like, here's some information, some footage you might not have seen, a little bit of biography stuff that, you know, people like me wouldn't have known. But it's like, we're just going to do this with every wrestler from the 70s and the 80s that isn't with us anymore. Because every single one of them did drugs and partied. You know, a good percentage of them, you know, died early. So it's like, we're going to get next season. Here's your Rick Rude episode. And it's like, all right, right, you know, he was will spend two minutes talking about the night he was on Raw and Nitro at the same time, but the rest of it is about how you know he hurt his back and he got you know hooked on drugs or whatever. Then we're gonna get a Kurt a- or not Kurt Angle? Well, maybe Kurt Angle. We're gonna get a Kurt Hennig episode, and it's just like this is so far away from the like Montreal screw job, the Benoit you know allegedly killing his family, the Owen Hart tragedy. Like those were the things that were. Like, Dark Side of the Ring was really hooking me for. But it's just becoming... Many of the episodes are just becoming, like, here's a tragic story of a wrestler. And, again, I'm going to keep watching them.
0: But, like, I'm like, oh, again? You know? Do you think maybe they ran out of the big, juicy, sexy stories to do? Oh, 100%. You know? It's
1: like, how many like stories have a crossed over into mainstream news, like the Benoit or the Owen thing or whatever, right. or are just legendary in sports and entertainment, like the Montreal Screwjob, or, you know, debacles like the Herb Abrams episode, you know, things like that have almost run dry and, you know, you're not going to do an episode on Paul Heyman, like stiffing a bunch of people out of pay and like the fall of ECW, because you got, mm-hmm. You know, people are still invested in, like, you know,
0: interactions with the guy. but mm-hmm. so, Right, and that's, that's I think, is their biggest problem. I was actually talking to Kevin Ford the other day, and we were talking about, like, uh, the Eddie Gilbert-Paul Heyman relationship. And all this stuff is, you know, th- that's out there in the newsletters because it was Eddie and Paul feeding this stuff to the newsletters from as early as, like, 1988-89 – Up until today with Paul, right? Yeah. So there's proof of stuff that they were leading, uh, 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 you know, giving to the dirt sheets. There was stuff that we saw happen, whether it be on TV as part of the wrestling program or the behind the scenes stuff that has come out. If they were able to get Paul Heyman and have him just sit there and lie and say none of these things happened, I think that would make for an interesting episode. The other problem is, obviously, is it's tough to get guys... Like, Mick Foley comes on and does this because I think Mick doesn't give a fuck, right? Yeah. But you can't get anyone who even has a WF Legends deal, or even a tangential Legends deal anymore because they're be afraid of being ostracized by WF. Mr. Hitman's another one. Mr. Hitman doing the episode with Adrian Adonis, right? Um, Brett's a guy who just doesn't give a fuck. But there's too many guys that are out there that, like, I need that Legends paycheck. I need that, maybe they'll call me for a Raw next time WWE comes to my hometown. Um, Now, the other thing is, and I just want to throw this out there, there is dark stuff out there. I think they're afraid to talk about it. You mentioned Rick Rude. Do you do you know how Rick Rude died? Uh,
1: I just always assumed like his heart exploded from pills or something like that.
0: Okay. However, it is that Rick Rude died. Whatever they say in the autopsy. Okay. So there's rumors that Rick Rude died because he was trying to inject steroids into his dick. <laughs> okay. If they do a Dark Side of the Ring episode about Rick Rude and that's the only thing they talk about for the 44 minutes, (laughs) we're back in business.
1: Yeah, I I could just obviously I hope the show gets renewed. I hope many years of success. But I guarantee you, like next season, you're going to have either like an Eddie Guerrero episode. Or you're going to have a British Bulldog episode yep. where it's just like, here's a wrestler. They were big in the 80s or the early 90s. Then they got their big break and they were a superstar. Then they died too young. And here's some people from their family being sad about it, just rightfully so. But like that's the formula for some of these fill-in episodes. Because like you said, they've run out of the big juicy stories that they can tell.
0: And you another know? thing is, I think they're afraid of blowback. Um, I'm going to point to... The uh, Plane Ride from Hell episode, yeah, where all the fallout from that, and Tommy Dreamer has to issue an apology, and then Ric Flair gets his, like, 11th softs cancelling. Lasting, like,
1: two months, if that.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I think maybe they're a little gun-shy on going that far with people that are still alive, of really getting into the juicy, dirty, you know, stuff where the law was involved stuff.
1: Yeah, like, I'm trying to think of, like, other stories or even more modern stories that they can tell, like, and the first thing that pops into my head, it would never get told because of what you said, people not wanting to burn bridges or anything like that, but, like, doing something about the speaking out movement and how many wrestlers rightfully got burned and how, like, indies keep wanting to book these people and, like... Like that kind of stuff, like it would make a great episode that would be unique to a lot of the other episodes. But it's like, A, you're never going to get these people that have allegations about them to, to show up and defend them. And B, you're not going to you're going to be hard pressed to find name people that will go on television and, and like condemn them. You know, like right. nobody nobody wants to to book for the like the producers aren't going to bring here's all of these indie people that spoke out because they're not Mr. Hitman. They're not, you know, Paul Heyman or whatever. Right. Uh, so, that, like, that's a, a story that hasn't been told, and that would make a good episode. But, like, as you said, we're just going to get, here's another wrestler die died too early, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Like I said, I enjoy the episode. Long story short, I really like Taz on there. Taz is the man, obviously. Oh him telling the story about the trap door uh yeah. for the ECW trap door. I thought that was great. And bam bam, you know, he had his issues, but like otherwise he seemed like a lovely person. Everybody had nice things to say about him. Nobody talked about him being like a hitting a women or, or anything like that. You know, just he let drugs get the best of him. It was a good episode, but again, I I I just hope they don't keep doing this formula.
0: I'm afraid they are going to be.
1: Yeah.
0: But again, let's hope, you know, we start off season four, season five, whatever the next season is, we'll talking about Rick Rude's dick, right?
1: <laughs> now, it, do you inject the steroids into the dick because it's a better injection point and, it, like, it's more effective across your body? Or does it just make your dick bigger? See,
0: these are questions that Dark Side of the Ring needs to answer. This is true. All right. I take back everything I said. (laughs) Yeah, get a doctor on there. Let's investigate. Let's, you know, see if this is true. Um, You know, let's go old school uh, Donahue, Geraldo, Morton Downey Jr. style. Let's ambush people. It's like, oh, we're going to talk about a nice, fun piece about Rick Rude. And then we get the wife in the chair. And we're like, so we understand your husband injected steroids into his dick. Do you care to comment? (laughs) Let's go.
1: Yeah, because I feel, Joe, that steroids are the next logical progression.
0: I usually have this ready for the plugs, but...
1: I need anabolic steroids from this doctor right now. <laughs> <laughs> anabolic steroids is a logical next step. Not next step, I apologize. Yes. I screwed that up, but... <sighs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, so, hey, there's no pay-per-view this weekend, uh, so it's homework time. Correct, and I, I believe you have a retraction-slash-apology to make. That's right, I'd like to apologize to my wife Nancy uh, for the <laughs> Jessica Hahn uh, hot tub incident. It was stupid, uh, and it'll never happen again, and please don't make light of this. Um, or, if you listen to our Patreon episode talking about shutter speed, I said that the next thing that we are going to be watching was an episode of WCW Saturday Night, so the way that WCW was taping Saturday, Saturday Night at these times is they would do a live Nitro, they would do a Thunder that would tape and air, like they so Monday was Nitro, Tuesday they would tape Thunder, and they would air that Thunder on Thursday. Then the next day, on a Wednesday, they would tape two episodes of WCW Saturday Night. One that would air that Saturday and the one that would air the following Saturday. So Saturday night was on like a two-week rotating schedule. I looked at the wrong week, so we're not going to watch WCW Saturday night this week. The one that I mentioned we will watch, but in chronological airing order, we're up to the February 7th, 2000 episode of Monday Nitro. Okay. And our card looks like, and again, I know it's going to sound very familiar, <sighs> Nor- Norman Smiley taking on Evan Courageous. Right, three count. I like it. The wall taking on Booker, and again, bear in mind he's not Booker T anymore because right, he lost the T. A shoot fight rules match as Tank Abbott takes on the Barbarian. Oh, like brawl for all? Yes, Uh, an I quit match of David Flair versus Terry Funk.
1: I hear good things about Flair versus Funk.
0: I have a feeling this ain't going to be the same, right? right. Uh, Stevie Ray taking on Disco Inferno. <laughs> uh, for the hardcore title, Bam Bam Bigelow is taking on uh, Brian Snugs of the Snug Boys. <laughs> uh, Billy Kidman is taking on the Demon. I'm sure the Demon will continue his winning ways. And will Tori Wilson be there? I don't know that much that far. Um, And then the main event for the world title is Sid defending the title against Scott Hall. So we got a marquee match of two stars in the main event. The rest of the show, I don't know what to tell you. Um, I've never seen this show in my entire life. Um, I don't know what it exists like on the network. Mm -hmm. Who knows if it's up there in full? Um, I think there's something up with Dropbox where, like, you have to ask for permission to the files now. Um, I will grant you permission to the file as as I get the notifications to do so. Uh, if you're in the Discord, I'll post the link to the Dropbox thing in the Discord as well. Probably the easiest way to get all that stuff out to folks, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I've noticed that when I post the stuff into the Patreon, it used to just have the video in yeah. the listing. Now it's like a link to Dropbox and... Uh, yeah. It works for me, no problem, but I know Kevin Hellion said he was having issues, so.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta, I gotta like I said, there, there's something up, on, something changed with the preferences on Dropbox. I'm not sure if I could figure it out. That might be above my purview. We um, gotta
1: get our tech people on this.
0: Yeah, I, our tech guy fixed our Discord problem. I think our tech guy could fix our uh, Dropbox problem, too, right? <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: All right. All right. Hey, let's get into some voicemails, huh?
5: Let's do it. Hey, it's the uh, it's the real Buff Bagwell calling back in. Oh, uh, to my uh, to wrestling with the odds, my favorite gambling podcast with you know Alvin and Josh. All right, <laughs> love listening every week and hearing you guys predict the winners. Um, I just wanted to set the record straight. Again, I'm the real the shoot Buff Bagwell. Um, on all this, all this hubbub about my arrest recently. Uh, see, I was out uh, jogging, you know, lifting weights and doing all that at the same time. And I heard a commotion, and there was an old lady up in a tree with a with a puppy, and <laughs> she was like, "Buff, buff, save me!" And I was like, "You got it, lady." And so I was up there, and then the cops showed up to in the the fire department, and. But by the time they set up, I was already done. And as I was climbing down, the, the police officers like, Hey, you're the stuff, aren't you? And I'm like, I sure am. And they were like, Hey, uh, you, you got arrested for a DUI like 10 years ago. And I'm like, I sure did, officer. And I did my time. And they're like, No, you didn't. I was like, You got me. So, uh, so I told them I would come in and, me with them, and I sure did. And I uh, signed a few autographs, and you know, no, no biggie. Um, as I'm sitting here in my in, in my uh, palatial mansion, <laughs> being the real buff bag, well, listening to uh, Odd Wrestling, my uh, favorite YouTube show about uh, weird old-school wrestlers uh, with uh, my guys, uh, Ed and Jose. <laughs> um, just wanted to let you guys know that's nothing. The, uh, me, the real Buff Bagwell, I'm on the sober train. Uh, make sure to check out me and my boy Riggs, American Males 2023 comeback, and buy a cameo for me, Buff the Stuff, baby, NWO4 Life, too sweet. This me, the real Buff Bagwell, coming out.
3: When the fuck do I get paid for this thing?
1: (laughs) Again, I'm honored that the real Buff Bagwell called our show twice. And he sounds like a very loyal listener. Or my name isn't Alvin, I swear. like I I stand
0: by that statement. I I was going to say, he sounded actually very coherent. Um, Yeah. So I I guess this week it had come out that Buff uh, was arrested uh, two weeks ago. Um, for an incident of driving under the influence of drugs and speeding, um and whoever runs buff social media, I don't know who it is because they have me blocked um did state that they wanted to clarify that they are currently eleven months sober. Uh, I see there's news out there that I had to spend time in jail for a DUI, but the original offense okay, so but this was from the original offense years ago. I did get a recent sanction. I think that means citation because I didn't document a recent trip out of state properly.
1: Yeah. I mean, everybody knows Joe, sometimes you go to jail and you get out and then like a couple years later, they're like, Oh, our bad. You were supposed to have like another week. And then you go back and you do it. It's like a, you're just like a
0: checkup type of deal. Everybody does that. (sighs) I I like to think and hope that buff actually is getting his life together. And that things are going okay. Um, I don't think they are. But I I hope that they are.
1: Well, uh, again, I'm willing to take what he just said on our voicemail at face value. And everything seems on the up and up. Mm -hmm. For
0: sure. Thank you for the call, Buff. You're still the stuff. And uh, you're always NWO for life. Yeah. Is Judy Bagwell still alive? No, she passed earlier this year.
6: Oh, my condolences, Buff.
0: All right, next call.
6: Hey, guys, it's Ben. And what a week in the world of... I'm not going to do this anymore. You know what's going well, on here. Okay, so to. here's this week's question. If you were recasting Jaws now, who do you have to play the big three? Uh, I got Michael B. Jordan as Brody, I got Steven Yeun as Cooper, and I got Michael Shannon as Quinn. All right, think i to listen. Thanks, bye.
1: I saw this discussion in our award-winning Discord... That's earlier right. in this week. And Joe, I have to recuse myself because I've never seen Jaws. Holy shit. I, I went on the Jaws ride in Universal back when that <sighs> was a thing. Did that a couple times, but I've Did never you propose
0: seen... to someone when the shark jumps out of the water?
1: <laughs> well, I was probably like, I think as my oldest, maybe 14 or 15. So no, that was a negative. Uh, I have my picture in front of the big shark that they had hanging. But I've never seen the original, nor any of the sequels, so I, I can't I can't participate in this one.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: What do you I got? say
0: you should watch J- the first Jaws, um, and you shouldn't watch any of the other ones, but you should definitely look at a picture of the house that Michael Caine bought with his paycheck for Jaws 4. Okay. Okay. It's a big uh, one? Yeah, it's a big house. Um, <laughs> so I, I saw, you know, I like Ben's Choices, um, I saw some of the other people make some of their choices. I'm going to go a little stunt casting here, okay?
2: Because
0: mm-hmm. I wanted to say above the title, WWE Films Presents <laughs> The New Day in Jaws. <laughs> I was Biggie, yeah. Xavier Woods, Kofi Kingston. There you go. There's your movie. You go a little humor, you do some nods to the original. We saw their acting chops in that Netflix special about The Undertaker. Uh, I think uh, taking on a giant great white shark that can somehow remember things and survive being blown up. Spoilers for a 50-year-old movie. (laughs) Um, Anyway, New Day is who I want uh, in my big three for Jaws. And, uh, you know, Pick whoever you want to play whoever you want. I say it doesn't matter. They're playing themselves, right?
1: Ha- have it be like It's Always Sunny, where one of them is playing one role and then a few scenes later they're playing a different role. They oh,
0: like smash. the, yeah, the Always Sunny uh, Lethal, lethal weapon. weapon. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Thanks, Ben. Next call.
0: Next call. Hey, Adam
3: and Joe. How's it going? Hope all's well. It's your buddy Kenny. First time, long time. Uh, I haven't been, uh, watching a ton of wrestling up until this past week where I went to both the Ring of Honor and, uh, collision with the rest of the Phil Pilled Colliders in the state of New Jersey. Oh, no. Uh, it was a good time. Lots of wrestling. Uh, a couple sections of, like, super douchebag wrestling fans, but that's just to be expected what happens sometimes. So, uh, it's all good. Love seeing Eddie Kingston beat the shit out of people in Japan. It's pretty awesome. Cash mm-hmm. in on that however you can. And uh, I got a question for you guys. If there was one fast food franchise that you could obliterate off the face of the earth, which one would it be? Mine, Chick-fil-A, because I don't eat my chicken lace with hate. Get it wreck box.
1: Uh, yeah, that's a that's a really good answer. Fuck Chick-fil-A.
0: Um, now, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, Adam and Kenny. Thank you for your call, by the way. Um, over the last several months, uh, Chick-fil-A has definitely made some strides, um, you know, at least publicly, in regards to maybe whatever their history or whatever may have been regarding our, uh, you know, LGBTQ plus type friends and listeners and just people in general. Um, And I I did see online that they have gone woke and they are now broke. (gasps) Um, So I'm not really sure your feelings in regards to that. Um, Now I will say um, this is maybe the most controversial opinion. And uh, I'm sure I will get hate mail in regards to this hate voicemail, uh, whatever. But the one that I would get rid of Taco Bell fuck taco bell um i don't eat spicy food i don't eat messy food i don't eat mexican food i'm not a mexican food guy that's not my thing and if you are now listen i understand a lot of people go there i can get my baja blast or they're open late right Every every fast food place is open late, right? If that's your thing, then, okay, well, I just like the, the, the you know, I like the shitty tacos for like a nickel that I can get there, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, granted, they're not open late, but if you go to like an actual family-owned and operated Mexican restaurant, which I can guarantee there's maybe at least one within driving distance, probably one that you could see from the parking lot of your local Taco Bell, support them. And you'll probably get better food cheap or than you get at Taco Bell or you might pay like 15 cents more and get actual real food that's not processed and out of a can and whatever it is. Listen, I eat shitty all the time, but I, I won't go as low as eating Taco Bell.
1: Yeah. Um, like you mentioned, uh, Chick-fil-A, you know, they're now woke and they're making steps in the right direction. And yeah. you're, you're still closed on Sundays in observance of some silly little practice from 5,000 years ago. So they're, they're not, they're not modern enough yet. Uh, but I will say if we're going to take the corporate hierarchy and corporate mentality away from it and just base it on the food. Obliterate all Arby's because just a photograph of something from Arby's makes me want to like dry heave. So like I'll I I'm not a big fast food guy. I've said this many times before. The only place that I go on any kind of regular basis is Dunkin'. You know, and I have like breakfast sandwiches. So I guess that is fast food. But like I'll eat McDonald's if I have to. I'll eat Burger King, Wendy's, whatever. But just the sight of anything on an Arby's menu makes me ill. So get rid of Arby's arby's is delicious you're nuts no no you that that's it's dog food
0: on a bun dude (laughs) uh agree to disagree you haven't eaten arby's in a long time if whatever your memory of arby's is or whatever the pictures that you have in your mind are i think that joke from the simpsons poisoned a lot of people um Many jokes in The Simpsons about how bad Arby's was Uh, has poisoned a lot of people's minds. I say, give Arby's a chance.
1: (laughs) Like, who would actually go, like, get in a car, consume gasoline, waste their time, and go and take money out of their pocket to eat roast beef?
0: They have other stuff on the menu. They've got chicken. They've got fish. They even have burgers now. But you can get
1: better versions of all of that at
0: other places. You can go to mm. Wendy's
1: for a better burger. You can go to Burger King for a better chicken. Or, you no, know. you
0: can't. Yes. Well, all right, all right. I, I take that back. The The OG Long Boy chicken sandwich at Burger King is like a top-tier food item. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. The, the one that's like on a
1: hot dog bun. It's like yeah, they, yeah. they had the spicy chicken sandwich. I used to eat those all the time when I was really fat. <laughs> But, like, you can go to Long John Silver's or Arthur Treacher's for your your fish, you know? I wish we can go to Arthur Treacher's. So, yeah, like, Arby's is like, would you like the fourth best version of everything that you can get elsewhere? Come to Arby's. We, we have everything in one place, but nothing good.
0: Again, agree to disagree. All right. Next call. All
6: all you, next guys. call. Hey, guys, Kevin here didn't voicemail and late. Apologize. I don't think you started recording yet though. So I was just kind of thinking this weekend, uh, cause I went to a friend's house and watched some wrestling and I, you know, watch it here at home, of course, all the time and gone to other places, but do you guys have a, uh, guaranteed you've called it. Everyone knows this is where you are. Um, your wrestling seat, while sitting down, whether whether you're watching it on your own or with friends, whether at someone else's house at or at your own, is there a spot that is your spot while watching wrestling? Uh, for me, it ends up being the left side of the couch sitting, sitting, not laying down across the couch, left side of the couch, even though there is a recliner right next to me. Nope, on the couch during wrestling. Um, when I'm at my friend's house, uh, who I used to do podcasts with, um, there's a long couch that most people sit on, but I take the love seat that's up against the window and next to the AC and fans and watch it from there. It's that, just known That's that's my spot. So do you guys have a spot, you know, when you're all together for something, maybe you're all getting together for SummerSlam coming up here in a little bit? Do you have a spot that is always yours, no matter who else is there? Last question this week, gentlemen, looking forward to another great show. I'll listen to it throughout my Friday. It's like you guys are with me every step of the way. as the weekends. Bye.
1: I think Kevin is not just asking about a spot. He's asking about my spot. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll, I'll say there's really... Obviously, if I'm watching wrestling at home, I'm sitting in my my chair like watching TV like normal. But if I'm going out, there's two places I'm going. I'm going to my buddy's that lives like two minutes from me and uh, watching something there. And he has one of those L couches and then a chair, like a recliner. And like I always sit on the recliner and like him and his kid and his wife sit on the L couch, you know. So that's just a given that I always that recliner is my spot. When I go to DJs up to soon to be named Network North, there is a spot that I like to claim, which I'm sure you're going to speak about. Is just perpendicular from your spot, which is the one recline or one chair next to the kitchen counter. But Doug grabbed it last time. He was there before me. That son of a bitch, and he took my spot. So I had to go sit on the couch near the window, and it just I. My head was turning right instead of left, and it felt weird the whole night.
0: So, home, like Kevin, I'm a left side of the couch guy, uh, unless my kid is here and he purposely steals it from me to fuck with me. (laughs) Um, He pretty much admits that he does. But, as you mentioned, up at Soon-to-be-named Network North, I have my couch. It's directly across from TV. It's a one-seater, you know, not a recliner or anything else like that. Um, but I think I just was sitting there a couple, two, three times when the times when it would be just me, Brett and DJ. And as more and more people came up and I don't get there early, you know, I'm yeah, sometimes just, like the last one They're always one there. like, oh,
1: that's Joe's seat. When other people are there earlier, you know, like uh, whoever, uh, Jenna shows up or, you know, Mr. Tim was there and they're like, no, 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 that's Joe's seat. You know, well, you get there if
0: like, they oh, really hey. do if they really do that for me, that is very kind of them. Yep. Um I don't request that by any stretch of the imagination. I'll sit on the floor, <laughs> but again, it's gonna take all he is to get me back up off the floor if I'm sitting <laughs> on the floor is all.
1: Yeah. But yeah, that seat again, it's right next to well not like it's within arm's reach of your chair, but you know which one I'm talking about is yeah. uh that has been my go to every single time. And it's like, oh that Dude, Doug, if he wasn't so lovable, I'd have been mad. But yeah, he got it last time. And I was just like, ah, oh, I come over on this couch and it's
0: it's <laughs> awkward. <laughs> yeah. Lovable is the word that we use for dog, right? Yeah. And
1: the problem is, like, I like to lean forward. Sometimes, you know, you, you're getting a little antsy sitting in a seat. You want to lean forward. But I was on the end of the couch and then I'm like, oh, I'm blocking Tim's view. And it's like, now I got to sit back. But now I'm not comfortable. Now I got to sit back. It was, a big, it was awkward. I need my seat, DJ. Put little place cards on the seats next time.
0: Uh, I think you just got to get there early enough to call dibs.
1: Yeah, that too. I don't know. I think I was running late on a safari last time.
0: Well, that's between you and the safari. This is true. Thanks, Kevin. All right. Uh, oh, it's pink button time. Uh, it's time for young Ed. All right.
4: Hey, Joe and Adam. It's Ed. Um, I got a new phone, and when it's on speaker, it's louder. It's a lot louder than my old phone. And when Joe says hello when you call, it scared my dog. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> um Hey, so, like, maybe ten minutes ago, I just finished uh, ordering all the stuff I need for my Colossal Con East cosplays. And I'm getting very excited. And I was just wondering, um, you know, since it's, it's Colossal Con East, is going to be the official, uh, soon to be named network family meetup. Uh, mm-hmm. what, do you, what do you guys, uh, expect, uh, or like look forward to, or any, anything? What, do, what are your thoughts and feelings on this? Uh, Joe, I know you've been to Kalahari, uh, during Colossal because you know we got, uh, uh, food and uh, possibly you got a ten dollar milkshake. I don't remember if you did or not. I just remember the ten dollar milkshake, um, and then uh, uh, words uh, told you to uh, to buy the ten dollar milkshake. Uh, rest in peace, words. Um, He's right here on the podcast. <laughs> so yeah, like, what do you guys what, what what do you guys think? Do you do you know how mm-hmm. anime conventions go? What are your thoughts and feelings on this? I'm very curious. But there's a K-pop table at the dealer's room because uh, I'll buy some things. Other than that, I'm not really a stuff person, so like the dealer's rooms, I just walk around and look at stuff. Um, hey Joel, it, it was fun talking to you, and I, I hope everybody enjoys it. On July 30th, make sure you <laughs> sign up or re-up for uh, the for the Patreon. So. Uh, Adam, get a cut of the, the fucking money.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh bye. Look at that. Ed's the company man there. Uh, <laughs> um, I, let me ask you this. All right, so I don't have any expectations to this thing I'm apparently going to now. But, Joe, you know me. And you know what I like. And, like, I obviously do like stuff, unlike Ed, who's not a fan of stuff. Would I enjoy colossal con at all or would i just go for the company of seeing ed hmm. i'm not an anime guy I, i'm not like vehemently opposed to anime i'm like oh it must be obliterated but like i've never i don't think i've watched any and if i have it's like not jumping out at me like you know i watch cartoons but i don't know if i watch any anime and i'm i'm not Down for the scene other than being a fan of Ed. But like, would I be bored instantly, or would there be like anything there that would entertain me other than Ed's stuff?
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) Yes to both or what? Uh
0: I think there would be things that you would enjoy.
1: Any kind of example of just something that you might have heard about or seen that I'd be like, oh, Adam would like this.
0: Um, Whether
1: it be a vendor or panel or
0: Certainly, Certainly not the, the women, but well, okay. So that was gonna be where I was gonna lean to. We're deep enough into the show. Yeah. Um, I definitely think that you would be an admirer of the cosplay.
1: Okay, is it like like a like a proper Comic Con where there's like co- like Instagram cosplay girls? Yes. Oh, okay. Never mind. I'm sold.
0: Okay, <laughs> I can continue.
1: Yeah, you can continue, but you've already you've already made the sale, buddy.
0: <laughs> um but no, so I, I might peruse a bit, but I'm going there to see Ed's panel and then it's, there's a wrestling well, like
1: show. At, like at four AM Ed's panel?
0: Yeah. And then there's a wrestling show and um I think there'll be people that we know that are in the wrestling show, right?
1: Okay, is this something that's like that I need to talk to you off the air about or is this some you Yeah, can sure. Okay, I'm gonna make a note. Uh All right, and when is this?
0: Uh, I just had I I had Ed remind me when we did the Patreon. Um, It is September, September ninth.
1: September ninth. Why do I feel like that's something else? September ninth. Oh no. Okay. I just—I literally have a note in my head that that's when the San Francisco Giants are giving away a Mandalorian bobblehead. Speaking all of right, that. so that's something that happens on the ninth. But other than that, my my, my schedule's clear. <laughs> all
0: right, good. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a meetup. A lot of folks are going to be there. It'll be a a nice a nice thing to get together. And uh, I'm I want to see Ed's panel live, and I want to see Ed walk the entire room.
1: Yeah, I've heard, like, so many things about the Ed panels, even going back to the days of PVD, and then, like, he'll be on other podcasts, Stink Sheet, or whatever, talking about them, and, like, yeah, it does seem like something you'd want to be there to experience.
0: Yeah. Now, Ed did tweet out, uh, he said that he just called in, and uh, there's a part in his, uh, there's a part where I call and completely forget what I'm saying, listen to see if you could spot where, and I'll just say, yes. <laughs> It
1: seemed like a normal Ed call to me, so like I, right. it was fine.
4: Uh, but Ed does call back. All right. Uh, hey, Joe, and Adam, it's Ed again. Uh, Adam just tweeted me to ask me if I talked about how he came up in therapy, and uh, I completely forgot, So no, I'm going to do it right now. Um, the $400 Funko Pop was brought up. <laughs> it was just like... Off handed. Like I wasn't like making jokes or anything. I just mentioned it. It got something got brought up that brought that up. And I uh talked about I could never spend four hundred dollars on on a thing, right? Like on a, a thing that just sits there. Um and I and like most of that is probably because I grew up really, really, really poor. So if I had to spend like a hundred dollars on something, like I I have like anxiety attacks, like I'm I, I'm very nervous about spending money. But I would spend like four hundred dollars on like at like ColossalCon, like that trip is has already cost me like over five hundred dollars, and I'm fine with that. That doesn't bother me. But like spending that much money on a thing would really really get to me, and I don't think and I couldn't do it. And we just talked about how like some people are stuff people, and some people are experienced people. And uh, that we are on two opposite sides of that, Adam. I'm an experienced person. You are a stuffed person, and there's nothing wrong with either. It's just it was just brought up that way. <laughs> mm-hmm. My therapist doesn't know who Azrael is, though. <laughs> so I kind <laughs> of explained, like, well, Batman got his back broke, and then a, bl- a blonde guy <laughs> in the metal suit took over. It, I guess. Okay, bye. the fact that ed even
1: knows that much is
0: awesome and the (laughs) fact that he was explaining it to his therapist
1: oh my god i love that this that was my favorite call ever yeah um yeah i mean we mentioned this at the top of the show when i was talking about selling stuff and like ed you make a very good point like there's nothing wrong with being an experienced person like i do like Experiences like I love going out to Ohio and seeing you guys, and going to AIW or going to an lvac show or whatever. I'm a theme park guy. I'd like to go to like Disney, but you know, I'm a I would be a, a lame Disney adult if I lived in Florida. But like, I am also a stuff guy because I like the fact that. If I don't like the stuff anymore or like I'm just bored with it, I can at least get something back out of it. You know, like you you can't like get back 20 percent of what you spent on the twice concert, you know. So like that's the reason why I like being a stuff person is I feel like it's tradable commodities. But yeah, both of them are good. And I think it's awesome that like that came up in in Ed's therapy, like a uh, uh, huge, pop. Yeah. <laughs> huge so th- pop.
0: Thanks, everyone, for calling. Yeah. Uh, so, next week, a week today, is an LVAC show at Coca-Cola Stadium in Allentown. Uh, so far, we've got announced uh, Cheeseburger vs. Speedball Mike Bailey, Damaris Dawkins versus Harlene Lopez, and the air show taking on club soda of Puff and someone else. And question uh, mark... Big Dan's going to be there, Mantis is going to be there, I'm going to be there, and uh, I don't know, might be recording a little late next week. Um, mm-hmm. Again, it's only four or five matches, Allentown's only an hour and a half away, if things get a little too hairy, I might be Skyping in to Adam from my phone while I'm driving. Mm-hmm. Um, that's assuming
1: I don't go and then stay for the, the Lehigh Valley game afterwards.
0: Now that's your and again, that's something that we could also discuss off air, right? <laughs> um so we got that coming up and then of course, uh, you know, the links in the tickets, you know, if you're a baseball person, come see the wrestling beforehand. Wrestling starts at 5.15 or thereabouts, you know, uh, I think even though it's independent wrestling, because there's an actual baseball game associated with this, uh, that they may be uh, kept to a much tighter schedule. I'm glad that this particular baseball thing, unlike the other ones that I've done before, when we did stuff for Chikara, it's before the baseball game as opposed to after the baseball game.
1: Oh really? I didn't know they did them after that. That's risky as fuck, especially with the pace of play back in the day when Chikara was running, you know? Yeah.
0: Um but there was there was definitely a game where it went extra innings. I think it went to like twelve innings and we were sitting there, we like we went out to do our matches like an hour and a half after we were scheduled to. Um but with this do you remember
1: remember roughly I hate to cut you off, what time you guys started versus what time you ended? (sighs)
0: We started at 11.30. And, like, we just burned through, like, four matches as quick as we could. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, we started at 11.30, we were done by 12. (laughs) I think we were done by, like, quarter after 12. It was like, zip, 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 get this done with, right? Because the people just want to get the hell out of there, too, you know? Yeah. Um, But, again, weather permitting as well, let's hope this one doesn't get rained out as well. Um, I'm sure more matches will be announced between now and then. And then again, of course, all roads lead to Steel Stacks SmackDown 2 on September 16th, the week after we all go see Ed at Colossal Con. And I'm sure after the uh, baseball show, stuff will start getting announced for Steel Stacks SmackDown 2. Uh, the show notes are going to have links so that you could purchase up tickets for both of those events. Uh, uh,
1: I didn't mention, I think I mentioned, I meant to mention a couple weeks ago, but I got my Steel Stacks tickets. I'm looking. Oh, to- nice. Yeah, pre-order is live,
0: but yeah, I would not wait on that, you know. No. No. Uh, especially once things start getting announced and I'll be honest with you, I can't even tiptoe or pussyfoot around stuff cuz I don't know nothing yet cuz I think everything kind of got fucked up with the uh the drive-in show getting rained out, you know. Yeah. Um so also our T public store, the sale is live as we speak. The sale is good until the end of the day on Sunday. 35% off any purchases. Get all sorts of at odds with wrestling inspired designs on everything from shirts to cell phone covers to notebooks and everything in between. Uh, you can also help us out by making any and all of your ebay purchases through our ebay affiliate link which is in the show notes to every single one of these episodes and exists over at at odds with wrestling or at oddswrestling.com. uh when you click on links to various merchants on the site and make a purchase this can result in the site earning a commission affiliate programs and affiliations include but are not limited to the ebay partner network
1: yeah Uh, But you know what we are affiliated with, Joe? These podcasts, these podcasts that you should definitely listen to, Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, We Need Wrestling, Porch Talk, Viewer's Choice, Indie Wrestling Guide, Wings on Wings, Haya Bussy, and Final Wrestling Place. I need anabolic steroids from this doctor right now. (laughs) Anabolic steroids is a logical next step. (laughs) But I think that's it for the main show, Joe.
0: Yep, let's roll into Adam's favorite part of the night. Money, 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 money.
5: Some might cost a little.
1: Some might cost a lot. But I'm the hundred dollar Vansky. And your figures will be bought. Ha 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 ha! All right, so as Ed alluded to during the voicemails, I, I had a big boy purchase a couple weeks ago, totally justifiable, not at all uh, of like a madman crazy purchase. But despite that, I have been trying to be a good boy the last couple weeks. As I mentioned also, there, there's been purges and stuff is leaving the house. So I definitely am slowing down the weekly purchases. Uh, so this week, only three things. And I will start things off. I mentioned last week that I bought the San Diego Comic-Con Funko Pops of Rodimus Prime and Galvatron, and I had mentioned to you that there is a shared sticker that is at GameStop, and then there is a convention-only sticker, and I need both of them. Well, I did get the one I needed, so I have two sets of basically the same pops, but there's different stickers, Joe, which definitely matters. (sighs) <sighs> is uh, so okay yes ask questions go ahead um while you're doing that i'll send you a picture to explain
0: has anyone started faking stickers um and is there a way to tell
1: yes and yes um it's always there i was actually talking to stefani uh, she messaged me earlier asking about funko's And she actually has, like, some decent Funkos, like, some really impressive ones. And we were talking about how there are lots of fakes out there, especially for big-ticket stuff. But here's the thing with with faking of not only the stickers but also, like, the entire product. Like, China is pumping out fakes of, like, lots and lots of Funkos. But the, the thing with that is, is number one, China is not faking anything that is brand new. So, like, the time to buy, like, if I was to buy that Azrael Funko, like, two years from now, I'd be scared to death. And I would have done a ton of research. I would watch YouTube videos, doing comparisons, because there's, like, always ways to, to spot fakes um, that you can find on the internet. But because that Azrael had just shipped, like, people were just getting it in their hands, it takes a while for, you know one of them to get over to, to China for them to to whatever, figure out how to make one and to print it and for them to leak over here. So that entire process takes a while. Uh, as far as the San Diego stuff, um, it's not like we're talking about this windfall of money where it's like, I got to go and like print these stickers and make them because I'm going to make a fortune off of them. We're talking about turning a $30 Funko into like a $45 Funko. Okay. You know? So Now, five years from now, like if this thing becomes like a $500 pop, like are there then going to be people like bootlegging the stickers and figuring out a way to modify it? Sure, but I don't think it'll ever get to that point. You know, it's just a matter of knowing, hey, San Diego was. You know, four days ago, there's a lot of product hitting eBay of people trying to make a quick flip. You know, I don't doubt the legitimacy of anything that, you know, I'm looking into right now, you know.
0: And that's and that's the only thing I'm concerned about, of course. You know, obviously, there's a difference between, you know, uh, you know, repurposed items that go with older figures or. Repros of people that could fake whatever it is. There's a lot more work that goes into that sort of stuff, and I say a lot more work. You know, you're talking 3D printing an item, but I feel as though a sticker can be faked pretty easily. But you know, you you kind of laid out how um, maybe the juice isn't worth the squeeze, or the turnaround time makes that nearly impossible.
1: Yeah, and like at the end of the day, if if the one that I bought on the top. Is let's say it's the common like GameStop version and somebody went through the trouble to meticulously create an exact copy of the San Diego sticker that is the same size, the same writing, the same gloss and everything like that. And it's so good that I can't tell the difference. I don't really care. Okay, you know? you know, because again, it's, we're not talking about that, like the Asriel pop where it's like this super limited one of 761, you know, they made thousands and thousands of this. It's just, you could only get it if you went to San Diego, you know, it just takes, uh, takes a couple of weeks for them to trickle out across the country and, and onto eBay and whatnot, you know? So it's not, it would not be the end of the day. And because I have that mindset, I don't think anybody's going through the trouble of, of making the copies, you
0: know? Yeah. It, it's just it, as
1: a as a completest of G1 Transformers Funkos, I just want both stickers. You know that's all. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and I may have mentioned it on After Dark a couple of weeks ago. You know the the f- the fakes of Pokemon cards that are out there, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because a majority of the people that are buying Pokemon cards, for the most part, are either like parents and grandparents or little kids. Yeah. So it's just don't know any better. Right, they just don't know any better, but because there's been a turnaround with the last five years of competitive play, um, you know, more um, knowledgeable players playing the Pokemon cards, the people who do the fakes have kind of, like, doubled and tripled down to make things even more fake. So, like, you could spot them from a mile away. There was a time, let's say, like, Seven, eight years ago, definitely pre pandemic, where I could show you a legit and a fake of a Pokemon card, and you could get out the jeweler's loop. And if I told you the only difference was like literally something on the back of the card, you wouldn't have known and unless you looked them over. Now, if I got you something from the current set and a fake from the current set, and I held them up, with like my thumbs covering them across the street and you looked at them, you'd be able to spot the pig by a mile.
1: Yeah, they're getting late. they're I don't not necessarily lazy, but they're just like, hey, la- even if we fool somebody, we've put in half the work you know exactly. that we needed to, you know? Right. Um I, I, I went I don't know if I told the story on the air, but I definitely tweeted about it when it happened. You know how at they have this at the Viewmont Mall, but I'm sure they have one at the Wyoming Valley and just about every other mall. There's, like, the sports store that sells very overpriced, like, football jerseys, baseball, like, hoodies, hats. And, like, they always have in their front window, like, football helmets and maybe some signed jerseys and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, it's not a name brand place, like, Finish Line or Foot Lock or something. It's, yeah. like... Bills football or something. Exactly. And like you go in and it's like, oh,
1: here's the section of like, you know, NFL novelty, you know, beer steins. And it's like that type of store. Um, There's one at the Viewmont Mall. And I'll go in there and I'll look around and they have like a, a small section. It's like, oh, here's our baseball card section. And it's all just unsold stuff from the late 80s and like the early 90s and whatever and here's our like pog section you know so it's clearly it's like we're way behind on a lot of trends but like whoever this owner is thinks that you know we're still selling stuff in the the, the 80s and 90s but the one at the View mall had a very small section of funko pops and it was a bunch of like it was probably like 20 or 30 sports funko's and it was nothing impressive it was just all like Okay, this is a $10 pop. This is a $15 pop. I have this. This isn't worth anything. But like and a, various degrees of quality. You could tell that these were bought like from somebody coming in to dump their collection. Um, there was a Kobe Bryant Funko Pop. And I saw it and it was maybe like a 7 out of 10 condition wise. And it was priced at like 30 bucks. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm pretty sure that's a really expensive pop. And I wasn't getting good cell phone reception in the mall. So like I went kind of out towards the food court and I look on eBay and it's like a $500 pop. And I started to go back in. I'm like, I'm buying that. And then I thought to myself, wait a minute, this doesn't make any sense. Maybe there's a lot of fakes of this out there. And then I went back outside and I went on YouTube and I literally searched like Kobe Bryant fake pop. And there are, like, five or six videos detailing, like, okay, look at the bottom left corner. How far over is this bar from this color, from this text? If it's, like, less than a half an inch, it's a fake. And, like, I, I spent, like, a long time looking into it to find out that it's a fake. And I'm sure that th- I doubt that the the retailer knew that. They Again, they probably just bought a collection. Uh, but I was hoping that I got, like, a steal. Like, somebody bought, like, a collection and didn't know any better. But... Uh, long story short, yeah, there's there's fakes out there.
0: Yeah, and then, hey, listen, I wouldn't have mentioned it if I didn't know they were out there. Uh, not part of the network, but go listen to uh, Murder Brian's podcast, Guys, Episode 11. Uh, specifically, Autograph Guys, but there's a lot of discussion and clips that they play of people who put up YouTube videos of them getting duped by collections and stuff that they bought that are obvious forgeries and phonies.
1: yeah uh if if more of the story if you're a crazy person and you want to spend a lot of money on something uh first of all don't uh but if you are going to be like me do the research first you know yes or reach out to somebody who actually knows about the stuff
0: right don't just go to don't just don't go to convention and buy wall books for asking (laughs) price you know
1: (laughs) Yeah, uh, Joe's making a mention of the fact that I I held court in a a certain Facebook Patreon group about uh, CGC Comics. People are spreading disinformation in there, but I I think I fixed it. Uh, Joe, did you buy anything?
0: I did. Uh, So a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago, I had bought a second docking station uh, for our Switch when my kid got a TV for his bedroom. The Switch and all the accoutrements moved into there. And every now and then, you know, we'd want to play something on the Switch and we'd have to go into his room, and I'm like, eh, docking station's kind of cheap, right? And uh, I will say this, um, this is on me, I should have learned my lesson, when it comes to Nintendo stuff, you always typically want to buy the Nintendo-branded version of them. Um, You're going to save, like, two to three dollars by buying, like, the third-party stuff, but it's, you know, like, I saw this thing, and it's a docking station, and I'm like, that's a really good price, it's got really good reviews, and everything else like that. Well, it doesn't come with any HDMI cables, and it doesn't come with any power adapters or anything else like that. So I had to buy all that stuff extra, and I did spring, you know, the extra $3 to buy a Nintendo-branded extra AC adapter. Because when we got the my kid the Switch the first time, and he was taking his Switch to him to daycare, and it was running out of juice, we got him a separate AC adapter. It was a third-party one. And there was an issue with the first-run Switches and third-party AC adapters, where the AC adapters were frying the Switches. Mm -hmm. Um, So we had that happen to us. We threw that plug away. It was still under warranty. Nintendo sent us a brand-new Switch. And I will never uh, recommend or buy third-party power accessories for any of my Nintendo products.
1: Interesting because I remember when you bought that, we were like, Yeah, fuck those name brands go generic, save the money.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, again, I'll do it for a docking station because it's essentially just the thing that the it, it sits in, right? Yeah, it's um, just plastic that holds it, yeah, right. And, but the plug, um, you know, a USB cord, you're good, but anything that's actually going to bring power to the item, always go name brand when it comes to Nintendo stuff, don't take that chance, yeah.
1: I might be having to. I didn't make a purchase yet, but I might have to. Um, I have obviously I have talked about before. I have the PlayStation Five, and it got very little use as a game console for a long time. It was primarily my blue my like Blu-ray slash four K player. Um, but over the last month or so, playing a lot of Grand Theft Auto, I have two Sony like official controllers. One of them that came with the console, one that I bought separate, and I just basically when I'm playing the game with one. You know, if the battery starts dying, I switch it out, you know, so I always have like a spare because I don't play like co-op games and in like nobody comes over and plays couch games. I'm like MJF, you know, (laughs) but (laughs) um, one of my controllers was acting up and I don't want to go into detail, but it was it was acting up and I Googled. Like what the solution to it is. And people were saying, okay, yeah, that happens, especially with the earlier generations of the controller. Uh, just do a hard reset. And on the back of the controller is one of those little holes, and you stick a pin in there and you're resetting it like a router. So I'm trying to do that and it won't reset. So I Google that and they're like, yeah, that's also another problem with a lot of early PlayStation 5 controllers is that you can't reset them and there's nothing you could do other than like reach out to Sony and get a repair. So I'm like, son of a bitch, I need to to scam a new controller somehow at the importer exporter place. So I'm like, all right, I still want to play GTA. So I have this other controller start playing for a couple days and the second controller is doing the exact same thing as the first controller. So this is two PlayStation 5 controllers that retail $75 a piece that are Oof. I don't know how long the PS5's been around what 3 years but has less than a year's worth of use out of it uh both of them are already almost unusable. Uh so I I can guarantee you I won't spend a dime uh but I will get those replaced uh but yeah console shit man when did that become a business?
0: I guess. Well, listen. 1985. Yeah. Um, My next purchase, Joe,
1: and I I put this up in the Discord to much fanfare and support. Uh, Thank you once again to the soon-to-be-named network Discord for always being supportive of my purchases. But I made the pre-order for the Pro Wrestling Tees micro brawler featuring one of the greatest wrestlers and actors of our generation, Jack Spade, as played by Stephen Amell in the hit star series, Heels.
0: Okay. (laughs) Okay.
1: You don't have to be a dick about it. Come on, man. I have um, enjoyment
0: about it, you know? It's a very bland-looking pop. Oh, sure. I mean, most pops are. Micro bland. brawler or whatever the fuck they whatever. Called, My, right?
1: Most of them are bland. It's based on a dude who's doing a cheesy
0: indie southern gimmick, you know? Yeah. Um, I know you're a Stephen Amell completist, so.
1: <laughs> I don't want to say completist because that's a lot of Arrow merch. Yeah. Uh, Maybe a Stephen Amell as a wrestler completist. Like, I have his all-in card, uh, Mm. and now I have this. Uh, So I am two for two on on Stephen Amell's
0: wrestling-related stuff. I wonder where Stephen Amell comes down on the divide between, because he came in to wrestling through Cody. Yeah, because if
1: you remember, obviously he had the match of him and Neville against Stardust and Wade Barrett at SummerSlam.
0: Right. Comes into wrestling through them. Yep, and then posts
1: all in, and he wrestles Glory Hound
0: Daniels. Right. And then, you know, Cody leaves. I don't know how friendly he and Phil are on the set of heels. I just wonder where Stephen Amell's allegiances lie when it comes to these sort of things.
1: Um, if I'm not mistaken, Amell was at Mania when Cody was finishing the story. Hmm. So that's... I don't know if that fills you in or just adds more confusion.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting, that's all. Yeah. I might do a journalism on that. I should. I should. (laughs) What else did you buy, Joe? All right. Well, I did get one more thing and, uh, you know, Adam is uh, kind of making a fun here you know a, i don't know if he expected a ticker tape parade because he bought a fucking heels micro brawler but well you know. maybe
1: not 12 thumbs downs from everybody in the group <laughs> you know, that would have been a real pick me up <laughs> um
0: but i will give uh adam credit for this of course uh you know there was a bunch of announcements and stuff that we talked about last week that came out at san diego even more after we recorded last week uh, we didn't get into a lot of that stuff, but a lot of the stuff that was announced at San Diego last week, World Wrestling Entertainment wise, did go up for pre order. Um, obviously, there was something that I had my eye on, and Adam immediately is like, Joe, don't be a fucking idiot, don't get it from ringside. Wait, and I'm like, and I said, I'm trusting you, Adam, right. <laughs> So, listen, whatever whatever thumbs down when it comes to actual dollars spent, listen, you know, (laughs) until just this past Tuesday, you were the person that we all went to when it came to fig advice, right? (laughs) Um, And then you put the link up for when the pre-orders went live up on Entertainment Earth. Uh, Entertainment Earth that has a little thing that, you know, it's a much lower price for what I was looking for. They do a gimmick where they guarantee... Uh, that it's going to be uh, a safe package, ringside yeah, mint collectible. Condition. Mint yeah.
1: condition guarantee with no extra money spent.
0: Exactly. And I liked all those things. And, you know, so many times I'm like, oh, I'll pay the sucker's premium up front. But uh, I didn't want to be a sucker this time when it came to. Because I needed that L.A. Night basic. I did buy three just in case to increase my odds. Uh, to get the chase because you can't pick to get the chase or not off entertainment earth uh but definitely one to keep one to flip and then maybe one to give to my nephew to try to get him kicking on a little of that uh la NyQuil at four years old you know yeah
1: now question for you did uh did three of them come out to free shipping or was it still just underneath
0: uh, it, it did come out to free shipping it did that was the, that was the other reason why I did yeah it. Yeah, I mean that's that's the thing. Like Entertainment Earth, obviously Ringside will get them
1: first. Yeah. You know, Entertainment Earth will get them not quite like as late as Walmart or Target will, you know, because Walmart and Target obviously months and months after Ringside, but probably somewhere in between. But uh as you said, they will absolutely guarantee that it's in mid condition or they will replace it. Um because I've had stuff sent that, you know, didn't meet the <laughs> the 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 Adam Van loop test and uh uh they've offered not First, they'll offer you like a sizable discount to keep it, you know, pro tip there. So if you're a Lucy collector, uh, but, you know, in my case, I'm like, no, I would like a replacement. And they're like, no problem. They they ship you the replacement uh immediately and then they give you the, the replacement, like the shipping label to send the one you have back. So they're not like ringside where they're like, OK, send the one back and when we get it and we process it, then we'll start shipping the other one out like they They're very professional with the replacement process, but. Uh, I love that, that like a, you bought multiples, which I think is very smart, especially to get the free shipping and to have the chance at the chase, but you probably got the three of those, uh, shipped for less than like the one would have been on ringside or maybe two, one and a half, you know? Um, so the
0: way the pricing was on ringside, right. Mm -hmm. Was even if I bought two guaranteeing, um, the uh the, the they're like because guaranteeing the chase was a higher price.
1: Yeah, wasn't that like thirty five bucks or something for a basic?
0: I think it was twenty three for um the regular, twenty three for the regular, and twenty eight for okay. the chase. It was five dollars more to guarantee the chase, right? Okay. Um, so two with a guarantee of the chase was the same price as three from Ring uh, from Entertainment Earth.
1: Okay. Gotcha. I'm actually on ringside right now. and looking at them just to, yeah, yeah, I got you. All right. Yeah, no, I'm glad. I hope, uh, and I think the chases for basics are just one in five. So you have a really good chance of getting the chase. Right. You might even get two chases in one basic. Ooh, what would happen if you got three chases? Like, you'd, you'd have to kind of be mad about that, wouldn't you? <laughs>
0: Um, I'd have to buy a fourth one.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, uh, good luck. And like I said, uh, I've bought wrestling figures a couple times from uh Entertainment Earth and had no problems. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad that it popped up shortly thereafter. You
0: know, for sure. And then when the elite comes up, whenever that's going to be, of course, I'll be uh, keeping my eyes more toward Entertainment Earth or otherwise. Um, you know, I, I did go, I, I, I ran by my local target today. I put up a picture of what the, uh, uh, assortments there were, was, and it was pretty sad.
1: Oh, I, I didn't see it. Like, again, I'm just never on Twitter. I'm always in the soon to be network discord. Mm, gotcha. You got, you got to post it in there. We have the fig discussion board.
0: I'm still, I'm still, uh, getting the hang of using discord on my phone. Gotcha.
1: All right. Um anything else for you? I have one last purchase.
0: That's it. I'm done.
1: All right. So we put this guy over a bunch on the show. Obviously, we are big fans of Orange Cassidy. I think that goes without saying. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> over the past couple of years, uh, we've had some but not a lot of OC merch, figure merch. You know, he has a million t-shirts, obviously, and that kind of stuff, but not a lot of figures. Uh, but I've made it a point. Like, obviously, we all went out and bought the Unrivaled 3 figure, you know, the first figure with the hands in the pockets and the thumbs up and all that. And then he was also in Unrivaled 8, which had uh, just a different T-shirt, but pretty much the same figure. Uh, I have both of those figures mint on card, and I also uh, have both figures signed. You know, like uh, through appearances at LVAC shows, I've managed to figure out to get how to get those signed. So very thankful for everybody to help make that a thing. I have the one of 360 bobblehead. And I have the micro brawler. So I have, that's everything that Orange Cassidy has actually had, Joe. There's not a lot. It's not like, you know, Darby or Jericho or Mox, where it's like, here's 75 figures. Um, So I kind of, like, I've been lacking. Like, I was like, I need more Orange Cassidy stuff. I even, completely unrelated, like, this has nothing to do with Orange Cassidy. I even tracked down the WrestleCrate UK Fire ant figure. I was like, well, I can't find any OC stuff, so I'll buy this unrelated fire ant thing. So right, I just have every scratch
0: that itch for no reason.
1: Exactly, just scratching that itch. But something was missing, Joe, and I was like, I, I need something else to fill this hole in my my Orange Cassidy collection. So I set an eBay save search a couple years ago, maybe like a year and a half, two ish years ago. And I set the save search, and it never went off. Just months go by, years go by, and it never goes off. But, Joe, right after I spent a reasonable amount of money on a Funko Pop, and I said, no more spending money. And then right after San Diego Comic-Con happened, and I was like, goddamn San Diego, and I had to spend a bunch of money. And I said, you know what? I'm taking it easy for the next month or so. But, Joe, wouldn't you know it? The alert went off. On eBay, and I have the opportunity to purchase the first of its kind to ever go up for sale on eBay. I am now the proud owner of the unrivaled Series 8 Orange Cassidy test shot prototype.
0: Oh, cool. I know you're a test shot prototype guy. I dabble.
1: (laughs) I dabble. Uh, There's a picture of the, uh, the, the prototype as well as the Lucy. Um, The only reason I think it is from unrivaled eight, as opposed to three, because again, they are the exact same sculpt. So like who's to say, Uh, but if you remember series three, he has like a bunch of different hands and thumbs up and has the glasses and the jacket Um, series eight. Eight, they took away a bunch of the hands and they gave them an armband that's removable uh-huh. and if you look at the test shot it has an armband now whether or not that armband is the original that came with the test shot or if it was put on after the fact uh, I don't know I'm going to assume it was part of the test shot so because of that I will assume that it goes to the later figure which was Unrivaled 8
0: uh, I like the color, and again, it's always interesting to see the uh, test shots, you know, uh, yeah. with the color scheme that they used on the prototype, it looks like it's a Green Lantern figure more than anything else.
1: Yeah, it's, it's very much black and green and like uh, olive green and all that, yeah.
0: That's pretty funny. But uh, listen, uh, I know you're a test shot guy, a prototype guy, and that's something I've never dabbled in, but I'd say that's a cool piece.
1: Yeah, I, I had, obviously, I don't have a lot of wrestling test shots. I have the Iconics, uh, both Billy Kay and Peyton Royce, that's based off of their rookie two-pack, and I love that. I love that I have those. Those are never going anywhere. Um, but for wrestling figures, the only other ones I had is I had Anna J and John Silver, and I paid next to nothing for them. Like I got a really good deal, and I talked about it on the podcast before. Um, so, like, I... I Honestly, I look at those and I'm like, uh, I don't really want these, so I'm going to sell those, uh, and then this will be like one of my only uh, wrestling test shots uh, until I can find an Eddie Kingston one. That's my other holy grail. But because uh, here's the thing, Joe, I mentioned all the Orange Cassidy figs that I have, and I have autograph versions and unautographed versions, and I have this test shot now. So I think, I think it's safe to say that on July 27th. The year of your lord, twenty twenty three. I declare myself the Michael Jordan of a- of Orange Cassidy figure collecting.
0: Uh, do you have the Micro Brawler? Uh, I have two of them. Yes. Okay. Uh, you said you have the a bobblehead. I'm just trying to think if there's anything else. There. I, I I went on Wrestling Figure Database. Which
1: is uh, the most trusted source of all wrestling fig checklists. <laughs> um, and I use that website a lot. And if you type in Orange Cassidy on uh, Wrestling Figure Database, it will show you the two unrivals that I mentioned. Uh, it'll make reference to the canceled one that never came out, because obviously AEW Jazzwares constantly announces figures and then drop people from assortments. Um, it mentions the one that is coming out with the uh, All Atlantic title in the backpack. Uh, it shows the bobblehead. It shows the micro brawler. For some strange reason, it shows the the fire ant figure, uh, and then it shows the the little Lego style figure uh, that has the to mini come mates. Out. Yeah, the mini mates. Which uh, actually, the pre orders just went live on that up on like Diamond Select. Uh, I'm not gonna pre order it. I'll just wait until they're like in stores, but. Uh, Based on how long it took the first series of figures to come out from Minimates, uh, it might be another year before we see those. So uh, I have everything that's been released figure wise and which I'm sure a lot of people can say they have. Uh, But out of those people who have everything that Orange Cassidy has, uh, not many of them have them autographed, but I do. But let's assume, Joe, that some of them have those figures autographed, Uh, but they don't have the prototype test shot for this figure uh very unlikely so that's why i am the michael jordan of orange cassidy figure collecting
0: I, you make a great you, you make a great case for that yes. um and if and any pla- could show me something i don't own you know right or somebody who obtained these things before you did i mean
1: it's possible i just think that like again with the fact that they only made 360 of the bobblehead did a test shot. I'm not going to say a test shot's a one of one. They might be like five of them, six of them, whatever. There's a lot of them change hands and whatever, fall off of trucks. Uh, and then, like I said, the uh, uh, unrelated, but the, the the fire ant figure's not easy to find. I, I'm mentioning that for no reason because he has nothing to do with Orange Cassidy. Right. Uh, and then the fact that I got those other uh, the figures signed. Uh, one of them on my retirement day from commentary, like, does anybody else have that to say, that they did commentary no. with Orange Cassidy, retired at the top, and got a figure signed the same day?
0: That's, listen, you, you're, you're telling a good story.
1: Yeah, tell me when I'm telling lies, Joe. Oh, boy. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. I bought this, uh, and I got a really good deal for it. I will say, uh, it was listed as Not as a buy it now. You ever see that gimmick where it's like, okay, here's the starting price of an auction, but we're also going to have a buy it now. Like now, I'm sorry, have a best offer. Yes. Where it's like, oh, you could bid on this, but if you want to blow me away with some big offer, by all means, go ahead. Uh, It was one of those gimmicks. So I watched it. Person put it up at a really high price. And the, the $100 Vansky was like, well... I I might be willing to spend that kind of money, but I was like, no, no, you just spent a reasonable amount of money on a Funko. Don't do it. So I actually just let the auction go and I didn't bid on it. I was like, if somebody wants to spend that money on it, then they're a bigger orange Cassidy fan than I am, or they have deeper pockets. So it went, it went unsold. The guy relisted it for the same exact price with the same conditions, you know, X amount starting bid or make a best offer. Uh, So I sent a best offer of half of his starting bid, expecting it to be instant declined. Yes, Uh, but he actually sent back like a counter offer, and then I sent back a counter offer. When we went back and forth like repeatedly, like a game of tennis uh and then we ended up settling on like what i think is a very reasonable price but was well beneath his starting price uh so i think i got a great deal on it you know
0: that's how uh negotiations work
1: yeah i mean normally when you see these people on ebay where it's like oh it's an auction i'm just gonna make up a number starting bid a thousand dollars or best offer and then you're like oh how about you know nine hundred dollars and like no i'll give you for a dollar off you know like it it, normally there's not a lot of wheeling and dealing because some of these people are are a-holes but yeah I think I did well on it you know
0: it definitely sounds it
1: especially considering like I said honestly I put this this save search up right like kind of right after the first figure came out and I've never seen one come up you know
0: now Uh, I guess since you've got this and I always ask when it comes to stuff like this so you got it is the save search gone, or you are looking for the other one? Um,
1: it's tough to say because, again, they're the exact same figure. Like, the Unrivaled 3 and the Unrivaled 8 are the same mold. Mm-hmm. So if another one popped up, and, like, let's say it didn't have the armband on it, you know, is it the same exact colors? Then I'd probably pass. Is it a different color palette that makes it look completely different? Which it might uh you know maybe i'd be interested uh so as of now the save search will remain okay plus it's again i didn't spend a lot of money on it so i'm not like oh man i'm hurting from this thing you know i got a good price so uh i'll leave the save search up see what happens you know maybe uh maybe uh the uh whatever unrivaled series he's in next maybe that's a different mold and maybe the the test shot will come up for that one you never know
0: yeah, you know? yeah, because I'm definitely leaning toward, because, you know, the next one comes with the uh, backpack and the uh, title. So yeah, that feels a little bit more of a must buy, if you will, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, I would buy it anyways, you know, like as far as the figure, because I, I will have to order two. One yeah. to keep it on card and one to hopefully get signed sometime down the road so I can keep my streak alive, you know? Yes. But who knows? But that's all I got, gotcha. Joe.
0: All right. Hey, I'd say this was a full show. You said it was going to be short, and it kind of sort of was. Not really. Um, But thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, This was episode 252, At Odds with Wrestling. For Adam, this is Joe saying be safe out there and enjoy some wrestling.